Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You got that rocker, MJ in the house, otherwise known as Marty Janetti. You know how we do rocking and rolling, starting and strolling, and we're doing it right here on the Rundown Wrestling Network. Keep on rocking. Yeah. Dave Thong! Ladies and gentlemen, we are Tonight, we are going to witness the most anticipated match in the history of professional wrestling. And this is Jason is here. Dude, I, I swear to God, I'm not as big an asshole as it sounds like. Taz is here. I mean, Sal is here. Look at it this way. It's the first thing we've done together as a team. I grab my dick, you grab your dick, you work my arm, I work your arm. Same time. Same time. It's like jerking off together, but not gay. We're not touching dicks. Each other's dicks anyway. I'm touching my own dick. You're working it, and I'm loving it. Enough is enough, and it's time for The Rundown. Welcome to the Rundown Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Jason. As you can hear, Troy is off. Hopefully he'll be back soon, but I am sliding into the host chair for this evening. And I know how sick, how much you guys hate hearing me do a solo episode, and I couldn't subject you to that. So I made sure that I went out and got somebody to sit and trudge through this Survivor Series muck with me and Sal Viver Series himself is in the house. Sal, what's going on, bud? Hey, how you doing tonight, man? Not not too bad. Um, you know, hanging in there. How's it been for you? <sighs> well, you did invite another person on. Unfortunately, uh, everything that could have prevented Adam from coming on tonight prevented Adam from coming on. So... Uh, he didn't watch it. He didn't finish Survivor Series. He's dying of like dysentery. It happens, you know. Yeah. You know. But I okay. am here. I am here. Uh, I don't know why I'm here though. This this show sucked. But well, I, I do have a lot to complain about. So, which Be- is always when our shows are at our best. Yes. But before we get into any of that, uh, how you doing tonight, buddy? How's your week been? Uh, it's actually been a fairly low-key week. I, uh, I finally finished, I mean, it's basically been all fucking shit around the house. I finally finished my first, my last fence post for the winter, so that was nice. good. That's done. I don't have to worry about that. Um, kid started his, uh, off-season baseball program, so we're right back into that shit now. Oh, my uh, God. <laughs> but, uh, it's not even December all, yet. Nope. Got to get all the leaves out of the backyard. It's just been doing shit around the house, getting ready for uh, getting ready for Thanksgiving. Hopefully, that's uh, I'm looking forward to that. One of my favorite holidays. So, so uh, I had an experience this week with my kitchen stove. Oh boy! Um, the end result is I have a brand new stove. <laughs> the good news is that. Um, Zero percent financing and no payments for the first six months. Thank God. There you go. 
And it wasn't that bad as far as the price. But what happened was my wife, uh, who is deathly afraid of centipedes, but also just completely um, reactionary to them. So it's not even like, oh, I'm afraid. I'm going to walk away. It's, it's like a freak-out moment. Okay. So my youngest says, is that a centipede? And my wife looks down and sees a run across the floor, and she freaks out, turns, slips on the kitchen floor, tries to grab the oven, uh, you know, handle, and takes the oven door down with her. Ooh. Granted, the door wasn't ripped completely off, but it was pretty fucked up. <laughs> oh, boy. Now, the oven itself was fucking 30 years old, so, say la vie, you know, nimbody padre feliz fiantusante, good night. We needed a new oven anyway. So, okay. I'm not that mad about it. I'm not, you know, I'm not upset at her. I'm glad she's okay, because fucking. She could have slammed her head off the fucking uh, ceramic tile, but yeah, because of a centipede, I now have to buy a new oven. <laughs> All right, then. Fucking life, man. It's <laughs> the way shit goes, man. Uh, I'm uh, I'm getting ready, I think, tomorrow. Uh, my office is closing at 3, so I got a, little, a little early day. It takes some, so I had to pick up. I think I picked up about 20 bags of leaves in my backyard, so I'm going to try to get those all to the dump and get them out of my backyard. So that's good. And then uh, I think I'm going to settle down tomorrow night, and I'm going to actually watch the newest Fast and the Furious movie, which I haven't seen yet. So. Oh, nice. Yeah. So a little, a little relaxing at the end of the day kind of deal. So. Now, is that Fast and Furious 9, or is that F9. like Hobbs and Shaw? No, F9. Okay, I saw okay. Hobbs and Shaw. So... So F9, that's like yes. uh, starring like Roman or like, no, probably still The Rock. Is John Cena the bad guy in that one? John Cena's the bad guy. The Rock's not in this one because oh. this is where he had his falling out with Vin Diesel. So. Oh. It should be good. Yeah. I, I honestly have not watched one since the third one. Yeah, no, it's it's one of my guilty pleasure ones. I've watched the whole series. so And, and F9 is my favorite function key on the keyboard, so it just works out, you know? Perfect. There you go. <laughs> oh, all right. I think we've uh, we've delayed long enough. Oh, well, there is one side story. Okay. Uh, this past weekend, me and my middle daughter, the one who loves Marvel, saw the Eternals. It was good. It was long. It was almost right up against that three-hour mark, but it was good. I feel like Marvel's going to have like this insane fall-off now because. They were so high at the end, like of of that phase with Endgame and Infinity War, and, Infinity War. Yeah. and now it's like they're trying to create these whole new characters, but they're not like the characters people grew up with anymore. You know what I mean? Like, so I am I am fucking pumped for the new Spider Man movie. I was gonna though. say, but amazing. Spider Man, which Spider Man, and when they finally get to the As Guardians of the Galaxy, that should be great. Um. You know, so we'll we'll see. I'll even watch the Doctor Strange movie because it should yeah, tie into yeah. everything. Oh, that's the other thing she's wicked excited about is Hawkeye debuts tomorrow. Oh yes, on, uh, I still Disney haven't Plus. watched Loki. Oh, Loki's great. I love it. You know, it's one of those deals where like 
my wife, my son, and I, we all like them, so we want to sit down and all watch them together, but there's never a time that we're all home and like nothing to do and nothing on TV, and I don't have like eight hours of fucking wrestling to watch for the show. <laughs> it's like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's... So we're going to... That's hopefully something we'll... we'll Take care of. They've they've even got to the point where they watch fucking Squid Game without me. Cause so, yeah. So I'll have to watch that without them then, I guess. But in any event, speaking of things I wish I didn't watch, we're going to talk a lot about Survivor Series in just a minute. But before we get there, a couple quick minor news stories. Um, it was announced today that NXT coach and producer Scotty Tuhati has requested his release from WWE. Uh, he went on Twitter, and this strikes me as a direct indictment of NXT 2.0, but I will ask you how you feel about it. His statement that he released says, and I quote, Today, I have asked for my release from World Wrestling Entertainment. 30 years ago, I stepped into a WWE ring for the very first time, and I have lived my dream a 100 times over. Some of my most special memories will always be from the last five years working with NXT. The black and gold brand was something special, and I'm proud to have been a small part of that. I always promised myself that I would never be part of something solely for the paycheck, and that's where it was I was at. I told myself that I would walk away if I ever got to that point, so this is what I have chosen to do. Coaching and producing the stars of NXT will always be the highlight of my life. I love you all more than you will ever know, end quote. I think it's very specific, the use of the black and gold brand. Right. I agree. I think you're starting to see now people involved who were involved in NXT before starting to come out and say, this is shit. And... I was before, behind the curtain. I haven't what, finished, but I was before we got to start recording. I was watching this week's edition of NXT, and I'm not going to spoil anything for anybody who hasn't watched it yet. Um, but for the first time watching NXT ever, I sat down and said, "I'm not sure this is even as good as Impact anymore." Ooh, holy shit! That's an indictment. That's where we're at. Um, it feels like a, it feels like Impact. Funny you mention that because as I got bored watching Impact and then stopped watching Impact, I kind of did the same thing with NXT. Yeah. I've watched maybe a clip or two, like Champa. That's about it. Carmelo Hayes. Yeah. Everything else, I, 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 dude, I'm, I'm struggling to watch it. It's not even yeah. like Raw. At least Raw, like, I know Randy Orton. I know fucking Riddle. Like, I know, you know what I mean? Like, it's the same shit, but at least it's shit and I'm used to. If you want to know how fucking bad we are here, they have a takeover a week from Sunday. Sorry, it's not takeover anymore. It's just NXT War Games. But they're, they're now going to take this thing and put it on a pay-per-view event on the WWE Network or Peacock, whatever the fuck it is. Wait, are they doing War Games? Yep. Oh, yeah. Wow. Only a women's one so far. See, that's interesting, because I was while I was watching Survivor Series, I was saying, I remember a couple years ago, when a lot of the guys from NXT worked war games on Saturday night, and they came back and worked on Sunday. Yeah, Survivor Series. And I'm like, oh, I guess they're not doing a war games this year. Nope. Uh, so, again, full disclosure, some people listening to this, I'm, I'm assuming they're going to set up a men's war games sometime during that main event on NXT this week. Like I said, I haven't finished watching it. As of now, 
the women's war games is a four on four with Toxic Attraction and Dakota Kai, who apparently now is just insane. That's her gimmick. She's like crazy now. Yeah, I saw that. Um, and their opponents are going to be Io Shirai, Raquel Gonzalez, um, uh, Cora Jade, who's been in like four matches. So yeah, she deserves a spot in war games. Um, and Kaylee Ray, who's apparently now a face. What? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's where we're at. I didn't know Kaylee Ray was a face. That's fucking weird. Well, she's going up against Toxic Attraction, so. Why the fuck would they bring her in as a face? Well, they brought her in as a heel, and then as soon as they put the belt on Andy, <clears throat> they were like, oh, fuck, well, we guess, I guess we got to make her a face then. Except the problem is, like, people down there like Mandy, so anybody that's, like, like Kaylee's getting booed when she goes against Mandy, so. Oh, she is. <laughs> it's a fucked up situation. It's. <sighs> We have Cameron Grimes taking on um, Duke Hudson in a. I almost said his um, his old Monday Night Raw name. What was it? Brandon Vink. Yes. Uh, they will be squaring off in a hair versus hair match. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we will have um, Grayson Waller versus L.A. Knight. Where? Like next week on NXT or at this takeover at War right? Games? At, why? <laughs> I have no idea. Now they have not announced Champa defending the title yet. Uh, my guess is that is because we are going to see Pete Dunne, Carmelo Hayes. Uh, I don't know who else, but and probably a face team in War Games of Champa, Gargano, um, Braun Breaker, and someone else. I'm guessing that'll be sort of the scenario. Kyle? I don't know. <laughs> no, no, they want the tag team titles because fuck Kyle is a singles guy. Uh, so, Breaker... Oh, Loomis. He's hurt. He's injured, though. They did uh, a dangle. Took him out last week. I don't know. Yeah. I did like that interaction with Johnny and Champa. Oh, also, sorry, sorry. Roddy, Roddy Strong is defending the Cruiserweight title on this event against... against uh, Joe Gacy. Joe Gacy's not a Cruiserweight. <laughs> They, they did an angle where Malcolm Bivens waived the 205 weight limit, which I'm not sure is a thing you can do. That being said, I they've given up on the 205 limit on the 205 live show. That's true. Which is It's pretty much a women's show now. Yeah. It's like, I sort of wish Jeff was here still covering that shit. <laughs> anyway, back to the so original I, point. We went on yes. a complete tangent. Um but I had yes, a question so about Scotty Scott Too Taylor, Scotty Too Hotty. Did, did you read that uh, statement as anything other than an indictment on NXT 2.0? Okay, before I answer that, I have a question for you, because you probably know behind the scenes a little bit better. He's an agent for NXT or a trainer, right? Yeah, he, he was sort of in that uh, Shawn Michaels, Triple H sort of role. Okay, which I means... I mean, they are bigger on the food chain. That, well, I mean, they were, I guess. I don't know what the current alignment is. Um, I know HBK's been running the shows with Hunter out, but... But but what I mean is, um, so does that mean that Scotty Tuhati was a full time employee? Yes, as opposed to an independent contractor. Like right. the yes. commentators are full time employees. Right, they get bennies and all that other shit. Please say. So, yeah. so Scotty Tuhati walked away from that. Yeah, that's fucked up. That tells you all you need to know right there. He was like, I, "This is I, fucking I, trash. I'm not working here people, anymore." <laughs> People cannot get away from this rebrand fast enough. 
They destroyed everything that they, all the goodwill they had built. Every like, it's this was like amongst real wrestling fans, this was the most popular brand they had. Oh yeah, this was 100%. a brand that two years ago they put over at Raw Survivor Smackdown. Series. Yeah, and that's the first time it went. Two years ago is when they first went on USA. Yeah, and I thought this was. You know, I, I actually thought when they first went on USA, you know, forgetting anything about AEW and Dynamite and shit, I thought, this is great. You, you know, NXT is going to be able to be seen by more people, and it's going to really, really grow the brand. Because they're already selling out Barclays and all these other 15,000 seat arenas, like for their takeovers. This is going to make it on par with Raw and SmackDown. And for a little while it did. Like you said, right around Survivor Series. And then granted, the pandemic hit, and NXT was really hurt by the pandemic. Yeah, it was. But we started to come back from the pandemic. Things were starting to be okay again. I don't know. Like They had Finn Balor down there, and I thought he worked out great. I don't know. I don't know what the direction of doing this was, other than, well, we're not doing what Triple H wants to do anymore, so... Fuck that shit. Let's get all that shit out of here. I So, as much as I hate it, and as much as it drives me insane, what the WWE was getting from NXT was clearly not what they want. As you can tell by the amount of releases and the complete lack of transitioning from NXT to the main roster. Um, so whether I agree with Vince's vision of what these characters should be, Clearly, the finished product he was getting from NXT is not what he wanted. So now what he's done is taken it and rebranded it so he'll get the products he wants coming up to the main roster from NXT without having to rebrand them. There's a problem with that, though. Last night, it was mentioned. Not last night. I'm sorry. It's Survivor Series. It was, it was specifically mentioned by Michael Cole that the WWE champion, the Universal champion, started around the same time back in FCW. Nine fucking years ago. So that's... I, I understand if Vince has a certain idea of what he wants to be coming up. But you're starting from, you're starting from scratch. These guys, whoever he takes from NXT to, and, and, and they develop some type of, of you know stardom, they're not going to be WrestleMania ready. They're not going to be even mid-card belt ready for the next few years. Well, and, and here's the thing. If you put Roman Reigns and started him off in this version of NXT, he's like Joe Reigns' star quarterback for your local high school football team. Well, to be fair, when NXT first started going on the network, um, not even the network, when it was on the website, he was, he was signing his name with his finger as his... Like catchphrase? I don't know. It was yeah, but he was Leia Key. He, he wasn't a cat. He wasn't. He didn't have a side hustle. He wasn't Tony D'Angelo. You know what I'm saying? No, I know he wasn't. He didn't have a shit fucking gimmick. But he wasn't a poker guy or a fucking failed boxer or a lumberjack or any of these stupid goddamn fucking gimmicks that we are giving these guys down there now. But including people who we already knew who were established characters. Caden, Caden Carter and Casey Cantanzaro last week all of a sudden are club kids. This was never something they did before. See, that's the thing. When Reigns, whatever Reigns was in the original NXT, he wasn't that when he was in the Shields. 
they ditched that real quick. You know what I mean? He wasn't anything though. He was just a worker. Like yeah. he he didn't really have a gimmick per se down in FCW. He was just Leaky badass. And sure. in the Shield, he was kind of a badass. So it really wasn't that big of a transition for him. But what and I mean is much- like when if you think that Braun Breaker is the guy and he's the future, if that's the way Vince sees it. How many years do you have to take to get him ready to be at a point of of main eventing your pay-per-views? You need at I least he, four or five, right? I think he's on the main roster next year. That doesn't mean he's main eventing pay-per-views. I don't know. I, I again, this is everyone knows Vince took over this brand, right? So for Vince's ego, it wouldn't at all shock me if he takes somebody from NXT 2.0 and hot shots them right to the top of the WWE card so he can say, look, NXT 2.0 is 100% what I wanted. It's doing exactly the job. That pot pisses me off. Because oh, well, I watched to be pissed off. so many NXT champions who I thought had great gimmicks as champions just get either A, released, or B, just treading water on the main roster. Actually, we're going to talk about a former NXT champion that showed up at Survivor Series and on Raw, and uh, ta- how he's talk been about treating it. Yeah, we might talk about a few of them. Um, for those of you that caught last night's edition of Monday Night Raw first, I'm sorry. Second off, a little more information on what happened uh, with the whole Seth Rollins incident. As you saw on TV briefly, a fan jumped the barricade and speared Seth Rollins, uh, Eventually, the camera cut away, and later on, what we'd see in social media was that the guy was pulled off of him. Seth got a couple kicks in as he was being pulled off, whatever. Um, a statement was released by New York's police department spokesman, uh, who said the attacker, 24-year-old Elisa Spencer, has been charged with attempted assault and attempted violation of arts and cultural affairs. Uh or disrupting a live sporting event. Uh, he has a court hearing scheduled for next month. Uh, the police report says that Rollins left the incident with a swollen lip but refused medical attention. Uh, he yelled at his attacker while security got control of the situation and then exited the stage where his wife, Becky, appeared to be checking up on him from the entranceway. Um, WWE themselves issued a statement saying WWE takes the safety of its performers very seriously. The individual who attacked Seth Rollins has been turned over to the NYPD and will be processed to the fullest extent of the law. Um, Now, keep in mind, the Barclays Center was also the same spot where Bret Hart's Hall of Fame induction speech led to him being assaulted by a member of the crowd who was subsequently knocked the fuck out by the revival. So, um, is this a WWE problem? Is this a fan problem? Or is this a New York problem? Well, it starts as a Barclays Center problem. Like you said, this is the second incident now that has happened there where their security needs to be much faster on their response. What if this guy? Yeah, because if you watch the video, one of the videos that's circulating, like this guy didn't just like hop the barricade right in front of Seth. He did a full end around through the stage area. That's what I mean. Like, how the fuck is there no security there? What if he? Although even the announcers thought it was part of the show at first. Like, oh my god, I think they thought it was Kevin Owens because fat guy. Um, (laughs) Because nobody comes from behind like that. If if you're gonna jump the barricade, you jump the barricade. You know what I mean? What if he had a knife? I know. This could have went a lot different today. Absolutely. I just absolutely. 
I don't feel comfortable with response time. So the very was, first thing I would who say. Who was the tennis player that got like stabbed? Monica Sellis. Yes. Stabbed at a live, at a live tennis a game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Especially when, and, and, and as you said, with the lack of security, let's think of all the incidents we've had lately with creepy stalkers with the women's division. Yep. Do you feel comfortable if you're one of these women going out there now after seeing what happened with Seth? No. And it's not even, it's not company exclusive. You know, there was a guy who jumped in an AEW and, and, and it, when Jericho was in the ring. I think he was right. having his uh, promo with MJF. Yeah, yep. that was, like, I don't know what you can do to stop it. I, it has to be stopped. I don't care if you have to, like, pay guys with fucking A-15 rifles to stand in front of the, <laughs> the stage. That's a little you, extreme. But you know, you know what part of the problem to me is? And and I've said this, I think I've said this before, I've said this to guys in the business at shows that I've worked at, I hate where independent wrestling has gone to a degree, where you have some promotions where the fans are literally right up against the ring, banging on the apron during matches, um, where you have some promotions where the wrestlers will trap somebody and then walk around encouraging the fans to chop the, chop the wrestlers, like, don't, don't encourage or normalize putting your hands on the wrestlers during the show. Um, and some promotions and some talent have taken to doing that regularly. And I think that is setting a very dangerous precedent for what we are endorsing as okay. I completely understand that in every promotion in the world, except for WWE. Cause when you go to a WWE event, it, it does feel different. It, it, oh, no, no, no. But I'm saying from a fan perspective, when you go to indie shows like that all the time and then go to WWE, like the expectation's been set for you and your brain that this is what is okay at a wrestling show. You know what I'm saying? No, I get that. It's just, you gotta, then, it, and if I'm WWE, I'm not taking these risks. I'm not saying they took a risk, but I'm not leaving it up to the arena security at this point. You know, the fact that Seth got attacked, then I'm beefing up my own personal security around any possible entrance point from the crowd. Right. And I'm sure they will, to be completely fair. Um, also, credit Seth for the restraint, because we've seen what happened as guys who've jumped in the ring in the past and, and years gone by in professional wrestling, uh, where we've seen like referees like pummeling them and beating the shit out of them. Uh, so Seth just hooked the guy basically in a guillotine and held him until security came. I was going to say, um, yeah, he just grabbed him off, off the speed, grabbed so, the headlock, and just held it. Yeah, so showed tremendous restraint. Um, but, yeah, this is definitely not, not something we want to encourage or ever really see again. And hopefully this is the end of it and it doesn't worsen from here. But I also know that the odds of it being the end are very, very unlikely. Well, the problem is... It- I don't expect it to be the end, but you don't see this shit often in the NFL. You don't see it in the NBA where people are sitting courtside. You don't do it because you will be fucking arrested, prosecuted, and banned from the building. And I'm sure that's what's going to happen to this guy. But I don't know. People seem like more scared to do it at like a real event. Then again, you have people like my, you know, the Tyson fight when the guy parachuted in. Which was a complete stunt, but, right? And I'm not again. I'm not saying it never happens. There's still streakers, <laughs> but it's just it's rare. You don't see it that often in in pro sports. 
You know what's going to end up coming down to? It's going to end up coming down to uh, they set up the wrestling shows like the hockey games. And you will be that far from the fucking action, and there'll be glass around the whole thing like they did during the pandemic. (sighs) All right. Well, moving on from that, and I mentioned during that article that uh, Becky came out to the entranceway to sort of check on Seth as that happened, uh, which prompts me to talk about a couple of potentially very high-profile wrestling couples calling it quits. Let's start with uh, maybe love does not exist across brands, if you will, because it sounds like there may be some trouble in paradise between Charlotte Flair and Andrade El Idolo. Uh, reports begin to circulate that uh, he and he, well, I guess both of them had unfollowed the other on social media. Who the fuck checks that shit? That's what I want to know. Um, but over and above that, apparently he has deleted some pictures of them together from his Instagram. Uh, sounds like if they're not broken up, things are certainly on the rocks for Charlotte and Andrade. For Charlotte's credit, at least she didn't marry him this time before they broke up, so there's that. Uh, but that's not the only one because in dual statements where they both said the same thing, uh, Velvet Sky and Bully Ray both said they have decided to part ways amicably. There is no animosity. We will always be cool, and we wish each other well in life. This will be the only public comment we will make on the matter. Which prompts me to say, Sal, Yeah. you're going to dump your wife and take a shot, shoot your shot at Velvet Sky? I'm not going to answer that question on him. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I will say from Velvet and, and fucking Bully Ray, um, they were together for a long, long fucking time. Long time. Yeah. Never got married, but they were, I think it was eight or nine years or something like that. Yeah. Um, so, I mean... I guess if you're not going to get married, then there's only one other option. Yeah. Yeah, um, but hey, it's amicable, good, you know, whatever. Now, as far as Charlotte and Andrade, I kind of figured that wasn't going to last. It seemed like it was one of those, like, too much too soon. Like, you heard rumors they were dating, and all of a sudden there's, like, these pictures from the Bahamas. and Well, they were engaged, so. Oh, they were? Okay. Yeah. That's right, that's right. They got engaged a couple months ago. I don't know. Hey, Charlotte and Andrade, they don't struggle for money. They both <laughs> are probably doing pretty well. So, yeah. Charlotte's on TV a lot more, though. Yes. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> One last small piece of news. I guess it's small, but it irritates the piss out of me. Uh, it was announced this week that due to... Uh, his need to have a bunch of surgeries to clean up various injuries. Kenny Omega is now going to vacate the AAA Mega Championship, and there will be a match to determine a new champion. You might be asking yourself, why did I say that this pisses me off? Well, here's why it pisses me off, Sal. It was only a few months ago at AAA Mania, or whatever the hell they call it, I forget, Triple Mania, um, where... Triple A had wanted him to drop that title to Andrade El Idolo. Yep. And AEW and Kenny Omega stepped in and said, oh, well, you know, sorry, but we need him to keep that title. It's part of a storyline, blah, blah, blah. We'll figure something out later, yada, yada, yada. Well, now, whomever wins this championship is a lame duck champion who didn't beat the actual champion. Because they... They pulled rank on AAA on AAA's own championship. 
This is, of course, after putting the Impact title on Kenny Omega, and despite having several opportunities to have him drop it to a an Impact talent, instead dropped it to Christian Cage on an AEW show rather than an Impact show. But in that regard, Andrade is an AEW talent, so you'd think he'd have no problem dropping it to him. But anyway. Right. Um, uh, no. This is just more proof, and we've seen it now sort of in the in the end of the story of the open the forbidden door between AEW and Impact. Like when you engage in one of these business arrangements with AEW, it's all about AEW. It has, they're not doing anything to help you out. Dude, it's like they used to tell stories about Bill Watts and AWA. Not Bill Watts, um Vern Gagne. Where like it's just carny bullshit. Yeah. But you know, if I if, if I'm Kenny Omega and I have a bunch of surgeries piling up and I know I can see it on the horizon, I'm I'm doing those surgeries after full gear. Dude, you can't work out something with Triple A just to drop the belt. Even it doesn't have to be a fucking ten, you know, a twenty minute match. It could be a five minute match if you're hurt. Yep. Just drop it to the next guy. Why can't you just do that real quick? Because before you, don't you go into surgery. Shit. No, of course you don't. Because it's all about you. Plus, you gotta also remember from his perspective and from AEW's perspective, he just took a loss to Hangman Page. They don't want him taking two losses back to back. That's a bad look on Kenny Omega. You know, it, it, I I kind of blame Triple A too because they they should have been like, okay, if you won't drop it to Andrade, then you need to drop it to someone else, and you need to do it. Or we'll strip you of it. like. Or, or we'll just fucking, you know, Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, that shit. Yeah, for real. <laughs> we'll have a bunch of guys in the locker room snatch you up. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm not advocating for that. Um, it, it is Mexico, Sal. Just... I mean, <laughs> no, it's it just, that's a very selfish fucking thing to do. That you yeah. couldn't drop it on the way out. It's just bullshit. Yeah, no, 100%. All right, well, that's going to cover all the news stuff I had, unless you had anything else you wanted to specifically talk about before we get into the week that was in professional wrestling. I do not. All right, so let's start, and I know we're going to go out of order here a little bit. Uh, well, I, in fact, nothing of any real significance happened on SmackDown, so um, Shotzi and, and Sasha had a nice match, but, you know, whatever. Um Anyway, let's talk about Survivor Series. And Survivor Series this year took place from the Barclays Center. Nobody was attacked or stabbed on the night of Survivor Series, which was good. Um, so we got a few matches to talk about. We, of course, have our prediction poll, as we do every time. So before we begin, I would like to thank everybody who participated, and that includes Jacob Bishop, uh, Charlotte Squirkham, The Second Coming, uh, Troy, uh, Sal, who apparently thinks they should phase out Survivor Series completely. Don't you do a series on Survivor Series? I got enough material, dude. I got like 20 okay. more fucking episodes. Uh, myself, God's a Juggalo, the Yete, uh, Adam, that one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, give me a second here. <clears throat> I believe this was uh, intended for Troy, but I guess I have to do it. Uh, Rundown Wrestling proudly presents to you the tribute album of the year, Smashing Pussy Like Marty Jannetty, the Dicko Loco tribute. Listen to Probably Troy being fucking mad trying to sing this concentrant song. Adrenaline in my soul. Everyone hates Cody Rhodes. Huh. Enter now. Or order now. <laughs> 
there you go. I'm not reading that every fucking time. That was uh, also <clears throat> Jesus Christ, dude. To be recognized as Dr. Bruno Tomas, PhD, and fuck you, every single single member of the so-called wrestling intelligence, Tony Khan, Nick Khan, Khan Noonien Singh, and Fernando Santos. Okay, Bruno's got a uh, hit list out there. Uh, we also had entrances from one of Marty Jannetty's road wives. Nice. Uh, Mike Hawk. Mr. Hawk. Uh, David Kay and Mrs. Stick, which, of course, is Lisa. So thank you again to everybody for participating in the Survivor Series poll. I hope none of you actually actually watched the show because God damn. But let's talk about this abortion of a big four pay-per-view. We'll, we'll 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 save big picture thoughts for a little bit, but let's start with the kickoff show. Did you watch the kickoff show, Sal? Nope. Okay. Uh, it was the Battle of the Mid-Cards as Damian Priest took on Shinsuke Nakamura. Let's first mention the fact that they put the mid-card title fight on the kickoff show? Yep. So... This was actually one of the matches I was looking forward to a little bit. They hadn't interacted at all. It was going to be one of these things, and then I was curious at the styles. Uh, and then the match ended when Damian Priest had a move set up, and then Rick Boogs started playing the guitar, and Priest goes out to the floor, smashes the guitar, hits Boogs, which, by the way, hats off to Pat McAfee. He hits Boogs with the guitar. He goes, you son of a bitch, <laughs> which was great. Um, and then he hits Nakamura for a disqualification. Yeah. So we're one ma- we're one match into our battle of Raw and SmackDown champions, and it's a disqualification because we can't have anybody take a pen. And by the way, that would be a theme throughout the night that we're going to discuss in just a little bit. And it felt like a comedy spot, like because he warned him, "Don't fuck." Because I did see a highlight during Survivor Series; they showed us the highlight, and it was like he warned them not not to fucking play that guitar again. And then he smashed it, and then he smashed it over Shinsuke's face. Which is great for Priest, I guess. But it does nothing in terms of this show. <sighs> so literally the only person who picked Shinsuke Nakamura was Bruno Tomas. So Sorry, Bruno. No, no. No, no. He was the only one that picked Shinsuke. Shinsuke won the match. Oh, that's right. Shinsuke so won literally DQ. everybody else got it wrong. Ugh. So, congrats to Bruno on that. Um... Yeah, this fits into the overall picture, and we'll talk about that as we go along. But then we get to our first match on Survivor Series, and it was announced during the kickoff show that opening off Survivor Series would be the battle of women's champions between Becky Lynch and Charlotte. Before we get to the match, Sal, how did you feel about this kicking off the show? I didn't I didn't mind it kicking off the show. I was actually kind of excited because I was looking forward to this match as well. And I understand what they what they were doing with that video package, but I bet I enjoyed the history of Becky and Charlotte before the match started. Okay. This should never have opened the show. This should have closed the show. 100% should have closed the show. Wow. And I'll tell you why. And I'll tell you why. <laughs> And a little bit of a spoiler alert here. You as we say get that, to, but I mean, the head of the table not closing the show, that just sounds wrong. As we, Well, okay, here's why, Sal. 
as we get to, and again, this is a little bit of a prediction spoiler, but we had one person, I sorry, two people pick Biggie. Everyone else picked Roman Reigns yeah. because everyone else knew Roman Reigns was winning. True, true. In fact, I'm thinking the other two people probably knew Roman Reigns was winning the match, and we're just trying to guess to try to steal a win. Sure. Becky Lynch and Charlotte, I had no fucking clue who was going to win that match, who they would choose to put over there. That's true. So to me, that's that's the far more intriguing main event. It's the one with the better build. It's the one with the more emotion attached to it. And it's the one where you didn't know it was going to happen. So it 100% should have closed the show. Well, I agree with you. It has the history. But after what we saw Reigns do the past few weeks with Woods, I wouldn't say it's got more emotion necessarily. Oh, I do, 100%. I thought Biggie well, well, and Reigns did a good job of selling going into this. That, that doesn't. Show. That's not. That's not a knock on Biggie and Reigns. It's just saying that there, there's real life history between oh, yeah. Charlotte and Becky that we know about that creates that emotion. Sure. And we'll talk about that in just a moment. Um, but anyway, did you have any thoughts on the match before we talk about the results? Remember what we said last week about Punk and Kingston at Full Gear. I had a similar feeling watching this match. Nothing was okay. smooth. And that was a good thing. It felt right. like a fight. It felt like okay. these two okay. women wanted to tear each other's heads off. Okay, but collar and elbow tie up to start the match. I've gone. I'm not a fan of it. I'm never gonna like it. Um, but they both companies will do it. So, the, you know, that's an agent thing. They that's uh-huh. the way they wanted it to go. So I guess that's what they're trying to. To, to make sure that happens. I don't know. I've never been a fan of it. So, uh, one of my favorite points in this match was when uh, <laughs> Charlotte sent Becky into the uh, the turnbuckle and then just yelled, Talk your shit, Becky. Talk all your shit. Which was great. Um, Becky, by the way, with a fire outfit tonight. Yes. Holy shit. I think my favorite my favorite meme to come out of Survivor Series was the be was the front of Finn Balor making his entrance and then Becky Lynch's backside pretending that was Finn Balor's backside oh the back of Finn Balor's outfit. So, um, yes, uh, for those who didn't see it, uh, she had basically a red what do, you, what do we call it a onesie? On, oh yeah, red, a red bodysuit that like. Yeah latex onesie kind of thing yeah. that was riding up her ass the entire night along with some white fishnets. Yep. So, yeah, it was, it was, and some knee-high red boots. Which we found out later there boots. weren't actually knee-high red boots. Did, Did we? you notice that? They were no. just, they were regular, so there was a spot where Becky threw a knee and yes. the whole, like, top of the boot, like, slid down her leg. Oh, they were just kick pads? And I was like, oh, they're just kick pads! Uh. Yeah, it's because she's not actually going to wrestle in knee-high boots. Makes oh. makes more sense. Oh, I mean, why not? Anyway, uh, so at the end of the match, uh, Flair, Rick, I'm sorry, Rick Flair, Charlotte Flair went for an Oklahoma roll, uh, went for the got a two count. Becky reversed it. Becky hooked the ropes. Actually, no, sorry, she Flair went for it, and the referee caught her trying to use the ropes. Yeah. Then Becky reversed it, and Becky used the ropes and got the win. Um, did you catch the Charlotte Flair sort of Austin Aries in the uh, the finish there? Got right up, grabbed her belt, walked behind Becky laughing, and just left. Yo, oh, I caught it. I don't know if how much of that is 
shoot and how much of that is work. I really okay. don't. Well, here's the thing. The work aspect of it is, well, I tried to grab the rope and I got caught, but of course Becky gets away with it. That's right. the that's the kayfabe, right? right? Um but the reality is when I saw that finish cuz mind you, they were going back and forth for a while that you wow, any move could end this match at any point. So when I saw that finish, I went, shit, does Charlotte have heat because of what her father said on Twitter? It's the first thing I thought of. Or does Charlotte have heat because she mounted off backstage or because of that segment with both belts? That shouldn't be the first thing I thought of, but that was the first thing I thought of. And this is part of why this was done so well, because the truth is, we don't know. Yeah, they blurred the lines. Right, exactly, and that's when this was at its best. This match was really good. Like you said, it it didn't have to have anything fantastic. It just needed to be feel like a real fight between two people who hated each other, and it 100% did. Now, whether that's real, whether that's kayfabe, who the fuck knows? We will find that out, I'm sure, somewhere down the road. Um, also, if you haven't seen it, go to the WWE.com and look at Becky Lynch's post-match interview um, where she displays all the emotion and talks about how you know, they really were best friends and, and, you know, she went to the ring and she was so emotional because as she's walking through the curtain, she realized she wants nothing more than to break this woman's arm. And, um, if, if she was faking it, she's, her acting chops have very much increased, uh, right. it felt, it felt very real to me. Um, so yeah, I, this was to me match of the night, obviously. Um, also there was a spot where Charlotte got the, the disarmor on Becky. Yep. And Becky yelled, you better break it because I'm not tapping, which I thought was great. Yeah, uh, That was after Becky had gotten the figure four, well, an attempt at a figure four, but she fucked it up, and they were just like, oh, it's a leg grapevine. Yeah, and then and then you knew it was on because she called her a bitch before they started the slap fights. <clears throat> Two things. So. Um, one, I don't think Corey has ever worked with Pat McAfee before. No. Uh, well, that was interesting so. tonight. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that. But, um... No, yeah, this that's the funniest thing. I didn't watch Survivor Series live. So when I started seeing people complaining about Survivor Series, I was like, oh, yeah, typical Survivor Series. And I saw this opening match, and I'm like, what are they complaining about? This shit's fucking great. Yeah. And then the rest of the show happened. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, so everybody except Charlotte's squirt cam, and, and we understand that, right. uh, Adam... Uh, one of Marty Jannetty's road wives and Mike Hawk selected Becky Lynch to win the match. Uh, so congratulations to everybody except those four for getting a point in that match. Uh, any last thoughts on that before we move on? No, it was great. You know what? Regardless of the feelings towards each other, it was a great performance by both women. They both fucking put in the work tonight. All right. Now, so let's go from perhaps the best match on the card to one of what I thought was the worst. Um, not the worst, but one of the worst, as we went to the traditional men's five-on-five elimination match. Now, of course, we talked in the past about how we felt about how these matches were set up uh, coming into this event, and we weren't at all too happy about that. Uh, but, you know, once we got to the point where we had our teams of five, Kevin Owens, Seth Rollins, Austin Theory, Bobby Lashley, and Finn Balor, uh, versus King Woods, Sheamus, Happy Corbin, Drew McIntyre, and Jeff Hardy. For the most part, you know, pretty happy with that lineup. Uh, there were some obvious omissions, which we'll talk about in, in just a minute. Um, 
but by and large, I thought they got ten, you know, decent logical people into this match. So I was okay with that. I think it became a lot more credible for Raw when Lashley joined. Sure. Yep. Um, I liked Theory being on this team, and then of course you have Seth, Finn, KO. That that all makes perfect sense. Yes. So. Our first elimination in this match was Kevin Owens just deciding to walk out and get himself counted out. Okay. I really did like that. <laughs> okay, was... but here's the, okay, but okay, before you do that, before you do that, to that point in the card, we've had three decisions. Yes. One was Damian Priest getting himself disqualified. One was Becky Lynch using the ropes to, to steal a win. And one was Kevin Owens getting himself counted out without ever doing anything. That's where we were at at this point in the show. Sure. The only reason I liked it is because, first of all, if you look at, you know, classic Kevin Owens, that would be something he would do. What is this match for? Is it for a title shot? No. Is it for uh, a title? No. Well, what the fuck? What the fuck? I don't give a fuck about these people. They don't trust me. I'm just going to (laughs) leave. I thought that was great for Kevin's character. For Survivor Series overall, it was... It, it was also the second year in a row where a key member of Team Raw decided to just leave. That's true. Or, or get themselves eliminated, because you remember Seth did it last year, yes. sacrificing himself. Yes. So, um, our next decision came when Finn Balor hit the coup de grace on Baron Corbin, or Happy Corbin, uh, to eliminate him and end Madcap Moss's pay-per-view run for the WWE. Uh, I assume nothing, nothing much here. Yeah, Corbin would have been the next one I eliminated. Okay. Uh, uh, Lashley hit Woods with the Herlock. Tapped. Uh, so here's here's another stupid thing, right? Mm. Lashley hits. Lashley gets Woods in the Herlock. Woods goes unconscious. What about the Herlock is going to knock someone unconscious? Like the sleeper hold, you could say, puts them across the carotid artery. Yeah. I, I guess it's similar to those old school things where, like, you'd have a guy in the figure four and he would just pass out. But that was always after a really long period of time. And originally it used to be because there was, like, a loss of blood. Like... Right. Or the knee had been worked on the whole match and sure. the pain was just sure. other The pain was excruciating. Like... There's nothing excruciating <sighs> about a full Nelson? No. <laughs> this was just, we don't want Woods to tap. We've we've already sacrificed him to Roman. We just don't want him to tap. Then pin him. Yeah, uh, it, it was just another shitty decision on how to end a, a match or eliminate a person. Uh, that then leads, speak of the devil, to Lashley and McIntyre getting into a brawl on the floor and both of them getting counted out. It was at this point that I went, oh, for fuck's sake, <laughs> because. They literally didn't want anyone to take a clean vic- clean loss tonight. I went into this match specifically like, oh, I wonder what they're going to do with Drew. If he's next in line, I wonder what they're going to do with Drew. I wonder what they're going to do with Lashley. Nothing. We'll just do a fucking tired-ass trope of double count-up. Yep. And then Finn Balor eats a bro kick, and he gets eliminated by Sheamus. Okay. So this is this brought up an interesting point for me because we have one thing that I like about Survivor Series when they've done this since the brand split 
is sometimes you will get matchups you don't typically get. Like Finn and Sheamus. They've never had like a program. So I was kinda I was kinda there for those two in the ring, right? Sure. But then Finn loses. And we'll talk about Monday Night Raw a little bit later. And I'm just like, oh, so we're back to where we were before Finn left to go down to NXT. Yeah, pretty Texas. much. Yeah. We're back to that, Finn Balor. Yep. yep. <sighs> That's all I'm going to say about that. Yep. Uh, at this point, uh, what is it? Uh, Sheamus fell victim to a roll-up from Austin Theory, and Sheamus was eliminated. But because he had worked so good together with Jeff Hardy, he, he embraced his partner after the match, he, he gave him his endorsement, and then he clotheslined the shit out of him. Yep. <sighs> so Sheamus. But but in, in, in un- atypical WWE style, that was not the end of Jeff Hardy because he hit a swanton bomb on Austin Theory. And got the elimination to make it 1-1 between him and Rollins. And, of course, Rollins hits the stomp, and Team Raw gets the victory. Okay, if there was a saving grace in this match, this final matchup between Jeff and Seth, the crowd was there for it. Sure. And I thought it was kind of, for all the fuck finishes we got tonight, Jeff went for the swanton, Seth got the knees up at the last second, stomp, win. I'm fine with it. Okay, so here's my problem with it. Why wouldn't you have Woods be the last guy? Because you need Seth to be built up right now. No, 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 no. Not to win the match, but for his team. Oh. If you're building Woods on SmackDown, what is the point of having Jeff Hardy be the last man standing for the team? Woods just ate two pinfalls from, or not a pinfall from Roman Reigns. Doesn't it make more sense to have Woods have this moment here? Yeah, yeah, that's a very fair statement. Unless they just didn't want to finish the match with a curb stomp on a black guy, that's possible. I mean, there are optics you got to consider. It's very true, and, and they do. They've had they've had that issue has been brought to them before. So. I think the last time they did it was on Martin Luther King Day, which I guess I can understand being a bad time to do it. Maybe, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, so Seth is the sole survivor. Seth is his typical, you know, swarmy self. Smarmy? I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, you smarmy. Um, and that's fine. And still, at this point, I'm still like, okay, we got through it. It was an hour I'll never get back, but I'm fine with the winner. See, because for me, the difference is, at this point, I'm sitting here going, oh, fuck. Every match has been won by a Raw guy, except the kickoff show, which they told us years ago doesn't matter. True. I was like, are we are we heading towards another Raw sweep this year? <laughs> the fact that they've already done that in Survivor Series history, and by history I mean since the new brand split in 2016, uh, it wouldn't have shocked me. So correctly predicting Team Raw, Jacob Bishop, uh, Sal, Adam, uh, Dick Oloco, uh, Mike Hawk, and Lisa, so congratulations to those of you. Um, 
Our next match was not on our polls because it was not announced until later. Gee, was, I wonder why. It was the 25-man Pizza Hut paid us a lot, so we need a match that doesn't matter to promote their shitty pizza. Plus, we have a lot of guys who weren't on real teams, Battle Royal. So, uh, literally during this match, we had people fighting over pizza, uh, just to showcase exactly how important this was. Um, you we also had, had people from the same show eliminating each other. Right, yeah because there was apparently some back and forth about whether this was a brand supremacy match or just an individual match. Um, at the end of the day, it was won by Raw, who, I'm sorry, by Omos, who represents Raw, of course, because fuck SmackDown. Uh, any thoughts on this before we move on? Well, this is where it fell off of me. <coughs> this is where I started contemplating, if I just tell the guys on the podcast that I watched it, they'll believe me, right? <laughs> Yeah. But, um, no, I watched it. I struggled, man. I had to get, like, some coffee and some Diet Coke. I just, I couldn't. This a match blade. was atrocious. And the eliminations were all, like, sped up. I didn't give a shit about the Omos showdown with, um, Shanky. Like, who the fuck is Shanky? Like, that, the, the, he's not been built up at all to, to garner any attention for, for that spot. Nope. Uh, Commander Aziz, same thing. And then the whole thing was just a gimmick for pizza at the end. I was like, ugh. By the way, at this point in the night, I think we're about 15 video packages on the rock into the event. Um, this seems like a good point because nothing happened. Uh, to point out that during, at the end of the pre, uh, pre-show... Vince McMahon arrives. Now, let's just for a second put aside the optics four days after releasing 10 people that he has the entire staff, the entire talent roster stand at his limo and cheer him on as he arrives. Because that's not a great look. Um, But then he reaches into his car and grabs a gold fucking egg. And makes them all chant, egg, egg, egg. And I was extremely disgusted. So, as long as I've watched wrestling, I never really paid attention to the sponsors. Hey, uh, this is, you know, WrestleMania is sponsored by Snickers or Eminem. Like, who gives a fuck? I don't care. JVC Kaboom Box. Yeah, it's, it's great. They might, maybe they'll do a commercial or something. Maybe we'll get the Kaboom, kaboom Box Boom of the Week. Who gives a shit? But in recent hey, hey, years... Hey, 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 Anthony Bowen still brings his Kaboom Box to the ring with him, okay? Fair. But in recent years, they've all of a sudden made it like a gimmick on their shows. Like, remember the zombies? I think it was a Walking Dead thing. Yeah. I don't give a fuck. So no, Red Notice. Show. Red Notice. Is it a new show on Peacock? No. It is a movie on Netflix starring The Rock, uh, Gail Godot, and I believe Ryan Reynolds. Yes. Okay. Um, trust me when I say that Netflix doesn't need anyone in the WWE to promote their shit, but apparently... Uh, you know, well, they the, were looking the for zombie a thing was a Netflix show too. Okay, but I, I, you know, Netflix does pretty good on their own. Just saying. No, but Vince will take anyone's money. Of course, of course. Again, 
25 years since The Rock debuted. At this point, I'm sitting there going, all right, he's got to show up at the end. Like, this is all leading towards him showing up at the end, right? Because otherwise, they're, they're doing 17 video packages of 25 years of The Rock. You're, you're feeding it to the audience that stay tuned because he's showing up. And, well, we'll talk about it later. Um, did they actually mention Red Notice at all? Because I just saw the egg and I never really saw the tie-in. As if Maybe I, I may have missed it. At the very beginning of the show, they said, Survivor Series tie is brought to you by Red Notice. But if you that didn't know, if you hadn't watched Red Notice, would right. you have any idea that that egg was associated with Red Notice? I believe Cole and McAfee said something after the fact, after the segment. With, okay. with, but but it was very brief, and it was, and it was again, like Clearly you said, if I you hadn't it. watched it, you're like, what the fuck is this egg? <laughs> and I haven't watched it, and the only reason I I know about it is because I I read about it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, a few years ago, Sting showed up at Survivor Series, and that was the talk after the show. Holy shit, Sting showed up. It's about fucking time we've been waiting all year since he signed the deal with the video games. You know what it didn't have when he showed up, though? Why? Snow. That's true. But yeah, um, okay, so I guess Rock is showing up tonight. Ooh, 25 years, 25th anniversary. Can't wait for The Rock to show up. Absolutely. Of course, at this point, I'm looking at the results, and I'm like, oh, fuck, Raw is going to sweep. I'll bet you Roman, Roman's match, Rock's going to come in and distract Roman, and that's and Biggie's going to steal a win because it's non-title, and that's how Raw's going to sweep. Okay. That's where I was at at this point in the show. Yeah, I... <sighs> so here's the thing. Like you said, optics, right? So Vince shows up, which we haven't seen Vince on TV in God knows how long, since he welcomed us back. Kind of, sort of. Where you been? <laughs> and Vince holds up an egg and makes his roster. Yeah, come on, cheer, cheer for the egg, pal. And at this point, I'm like, what are we doing? What is this? What the fuck am I watching? Is this just like a three-hour-long infomercial? Pizza Hut, Netflix movies. I don't know. I don't know what we're doing. I was just so confused. But go ahead, continue. Um, and look, some people will say that, listen, they got paid a lot. It was advertising. It was tie-in. Okay, cool. That's fine. I know AEW did Rick and Morty. I know they've done fucking Space Jam and Ghostbusters and whatever. I, I get all of that stuff. I know they did Squid Games on Being the Elite. Like, I know they do it, too. What they don't do is make those things the most important thing on the show. Literally, this egg became the most important thing that happened this weekend. It carried over to Raw. Yep. It dictated the main event on Raw. Yep. It was the focal point of the weekend. Mm -hmm. That's the difference between other promotional integrations and this. They actually outdid themselves, because when they did the zombie thing, they were done with it as soon as they were done with it. You know what I mean? Right. Like yeah. you said, this egg spanned two shows. Yes, multiple segments of two shows. Yeah. 
Um, so that brings us to our next match for which we did have predictions and did know was coming. Uh, it was RK Bro versus the Usos in a battle of the tag team champions. Uh, this was one of the ones I was actually really looking forward to because I was curious to see how they would uh, mesh and ring. Um, you were looking forward to a Randy Orton match. Yeah, I know, right? Um, I actually really enjoyed this match. I mean, pretty much any time the Usos are in the ring, I'm going to enjoy the match. I, I can't remember the last time the Usos had a bad tag team match. Um, this was this was really good to me. I, I had no issues with this. Um, I guess if if you if you want to nitpick, I thought they did a little bit. I mean, how many super kicks straight to the fucking dome did Riddle take and continue to kick out of? Um, that might be the only thing that I really, really had an issue with. Uh, the RKO was fantastic oh, to yeah. close it out. Um, but, yeah, uh, RKO wins because Raw. Um, but- well, okay, so a couple things that I picked up from this match. Number one, congratulations, and this is serious, is in order. Randy Orton becomes the person who's had the most matches on pay-per-view in WWE history. More than John Cena, more than fucking Triple H. That says something. Congrats. That, and that's a serious fucking congrats. And for um, a guy who's had a history of, of injuries and health problems that's very long, it's impressive that, that he's reached that number. Yeah. He, he, passed, he passed Kane to get that honor, actually. There you go. Um, love the RKO to finish it. And I enjoy the Usos' work. I'm never, like you, I'm never not going to enjoy it. Um, but again, with no stakes, with this brand, I didn't really care. Again, it was one of those things where I was looking at my phone more than the fucking screen. Yeah. Uh, correctly predicting RK Bro to win. Jacob Bishop, Charlotte Squirkham, Troy. Oh, hold on. I think I skipped a couple here. Uh, Adam. Uh, Bruno Tomas. And Mike Hawk. So congrats to everybody there getting the point. Um, and that brings us to our women's five-on-five Survivor Series match featuring Team Raw, which has Rhea Ripley, Carmella, Queen Zelina, Liv Morgan, and Bianca Belair taking on Team SmackDown, Tony Storm, Shotzi, Shayna Baszler, Natalia, and Sasha Banks. So, Save for Natalia, do you have an issue with the lineups? Um, I could have probably done without Carmella and Zelina. Yeah, but now we know why they were there. I I would have liked to see Nikki get one of those spots. Um, you know, I I think if anything, Raw definitely had the the women to make a question about. Sure. Um, SmackDown roster looks about right. You know, I don't, I don't have too many of uh, too much of a problem. I know when it came out, we originally went, "Where the fuck is Tegan?" But I guess uh. we know. Um. Anyway, uh, did we cover these other releases on the Holy show shit, yet? Holy shit! I don't think we did. I think it fuck. happened on Thursday. It, I think you're right. I don't think we actually covered it. All right, hard record scratch. We do need to very briefly talk about the most recent round of releases. All right, let's let's finish this match because we've already started talking about this match. All right, fine, fine. And then we will discuss it. Um, ah, shit, okay. Uh, now I've lost my spot here. Hold on. See, your record scratched on me and made me like fuck up my spot. Okay, here we go. Uh, so, 
we start with Carmella um, having trouble with her mask and yeah. Tony Storm rolling her up to eliminate her very quickly. Anything? Nope. Okay. <laughs> I love Tony uh, Storm, th- but what am I... You the know? thread throughout the match was Shotzi and Sasha having issues getting along together. That would play out a little bit later on. Uh, Baszler and Shotzi refused to tag in. Finally, uh, uh, Tony's tagged in Sasha, and uh, she proceeded to pin Zelina with that crazy fucking DDT she does. I don't even know what she calls it. I assume it's Storm Zero. Um, but... <laughs> At that point, SmackDown was up 5-3, even though they couldn't get along. Uh, Liv Morgan quickly entered the ring and pinned Tony Storm, who's going to go into a program with Charlotte now, because, I guess, fuck Tony Storm. Uh, she hits Oblivion, and Storm is eliminated. Uh, then we go to Shayna Baszler, who comes in, gets the Kirafuda, Kirafuda clutch on Liv Morgan. Uh, Shotzi came in with a splash, and Sasha eliminated Liv Morgan with a headbutt. So in the span of the last two eliminations, we've eliminated the number one contender to both titles on Raw and SmackDown. Yep. So uh, continuing on, we'll talk about the big picture stuff before we move on. Uh, this then led to um, Ripley uh, leaving Belair on her own as she gets eliminated. And that brings us to four to one. Bianca Belair against Queen Zelina, Sasha Banks, um, Shotzi Blackheart. I'm sorry, just Shotzi now, and Shayna Baszler. Remind me, uh, did Rhea get pinned or did she just leave? I think she got pinned. Okay. Yeah, I was gonna say I think I think she got. Um. It was like a double team thing, but yeah, I'm pretty sure she got pinned. Yes, so remind me what show is Bianca Belair on again? It was actually Shayna Baszler that beat Rhea Ripley. Oh, that's right, that's right, that's right. Uh, what show is Bianca Belair on again? Raw. Raw. Okay, so so there's four SmackDown women and just one Raw girl. So this is going right. to be the time where SmackDown wins, right? Got to be. Oh, at this point, you 100% knew Raw was winning. Hundred percent. As soon as it got to four to one, you're like, fucking. I, I know where this one's gonna play out. Yeah, I know. <laughs> okay, so here's where we go. Um, this becomes incredibly stupid because Shayna Baszler and Natalia stop Sasha Banks from getting into the ring, so she gets counted out. Except she was halfway in the ring, which should have broken up the count. Thank you. As we've been taught considerably through the history of, of wrestling. Uh, but anyway, Sasha's eliminated by her own team because they're fucking stupid, I guess. So they tried to play up that, like, oh, nobody likes Sasha in the women's locker room. Well, okay. Tony was the only one that did, and Tony was eliminated. So so we do this thing where each member of the team grabs Sasha and prevent her from getting back in the ring, and she cracks each one of them in the mouth when they do this. Yeah. And like you said, she gets back in the ring, they grab her legs, and the ref counts ten. And I'm like, how, how is that a count out? She got it in the ring. <laughs> yeah, nope, shouldn't have been. <sighs> Natalia gets the sharpshooter on, Bianca reverses it, sending Natalia into Baszler, and then Bianca rolls up Natalia, and she is eliminated. Uh, we then go on to see B- Bianca eliminate Shayna Baszler. 
And now it's down to one-on-one. Because you have Shotzi against Bianca. And this would have been a great time because Shotzi's feuding with Sasha. This would have been a great time to really put Shotzi on the map as a dangerous threat. Nope, nope, Bianca wins. Because Raw. Somebody, I, I saw a comment on Twitter, and I, and I raised an eyebrow at it. Somebody said Bianca needed this win because she's lost so much since SummerSlam. I don't agree with that. I understand wanting to keep Bianca looking strong. I think there's other ways you can do it. Why? Why? Here's my question. Why do we need Bianca to look strong? She's going to a program with Dewdrop. Okay? Dewdrop is going to make Bianca look plenty strong, I'm sure. Sure. I'm sure Bianca is going to fucking Spanish fly her or some shit or whatever to show how strong she is. You know who needed this? Liv Liv. fucking Morgan. No, I know. That should have been Liv Morgan's spot. Because then, then you really are cooking with gas with her versus Becky. They both won at Survivor Series. Liv continues to be the underdog that overcomes all the odds. The story wrote itself. Instead, what I've got is Liv Morgan wasn't even the last one eliminated. She got fucking randomly eliminated in the middle. And now I'm supposed to consider her a credible challenger to Becky Lynch. Sure. No, you're you're 100% right on that. Even like you said, I would have been fine if Shotzi won because it continues the story with her and Sasha. Like, I won for Team SmackDown. If it wasn't for me, like, yeah, it would have made a lot more sense. This win does nothing for Bianca. This is a former women's champion. What the fuck does winning a Survivor Series match do for her? There's no stakes. There's not, it doesn't give her number 30 in the Royal Rumble. It doesn't, like, it. nothing. Nothing. But it would have meant the world for Liv Morgan. But the reason it wasn't Liv or Shotzi, or, and my and the I don't agree with it. But the way I think that they were thinking was, look how awesome Bianca's going to look. She's going to look like a powerhouse going through four members of one team. So even though she's not the champion, she's not in the title picture. She's still like. Top tier baby face. In the Didn't they division. do this with Bianca last year? Yes. <laughs> That's true. I, 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 the only thing I remember, I remember for a fact that I think it was Bianca and Bailey both got counted out, so Lana was the sole survivor from yes. her team. Yes. But I feel like Bianca was down like a huge amount, and then came back and eliminated a bunch of people at the end too. I, I don't feel like going back and looking it up, but I feel like that's what happened. Look. I... Bianca's the oh. one person in the women's division that they've um, stayed behind and stuck with, even though she's not a four horsewoman. So, so I'm not going to have a problem with Bianca being showcased. But you're right. If you're if Liv is the next challenger, Liv should have been the one that wins the match. Uh, yeah. And ever, uh, plus, the whole fucking match was like what, seventeen minutes. For a five-on-five elimination? Well, I mean, you had had an elimination like 30 seconds into the match, so. And then, like you said, we got that classic Survivor Series atrocity, which is the uh, elimination parade. Like, you hit your finisher, and then I'll come in and roll you up, and then I hate it. Yep. Uh, So, correctly predicting Team Raw to win. 
Charlotte Squirtcam, uh, Troy, myself, uh, the Yeti, uh, Bruno Tomas, one of Marty Gennetti's Roadwives, and David Kay. So congrats to all of us who correctly predicted that. Um, yeah, this was, this was a fucking mess. And I have now learned my lesson, and I say this every year, but I've learned my lesson. I'm never going to bet against, I'm just going to pick raw across the board. Because (laughs) here's the thing, and we'll talk about the main event in a moment, but Vince can't fucking help himself. It doesn't matter to him how much money he's getting from Fox for SmackDown. Raw is his big baby, it's his big creation, and he cannot fucking stand the idea of it looking less than SmackDown. Yep. We we go through this every year where it's like, okay, well, if Raw win the men's match, then SmackDown will win the women's match. No, Raw is going to win the majority of the matches almost every year. And you know why Vince is allowed to do that? Or why creatively he's allowed to do that? Because, like we've said for years, there's nothing attached to these matches. No. Monday morning, everybody's going to forget about it. You know the other problem with these matches, and I was thinking about it? The the reason these five-on-five matches with no stakes worked in the past was because you had heel teams and face teams. Yep. So you had a team that the fans could get behind. Mm-hmm. Nobody roots for Raw or SmackDown. You root for individuals within the match. And there are individuals on both teams that you like. So you're not behind either team. Right. Which Which makes the whole thing fucking a fail in the fans' reaction department. Do you know what would be better if they're going to continue this format? You have, if you have a faction on one show, like the Hurt Business was last year, right? Come up with a team on SmackDown to go against the Hurt Business. Right. Survivors, uh, New Day versus the Hurt Business would have been great. Sure, dude. We were fine with that. The way things have been booked the past couple weeks, I thought we were going to get New Day versus the Bloodline instead of the stupid fucking champion versus champion shit. No, I thought we were going to get the New Day versus the Bloodline. That would have been great. I want I want them to go back to heels versus faces. I want them to go back to team names. And it's great because you got Bobby Roode, so you can have the Rude Brood. It <laughs> can still be a thing. Oh, but, God. Uh, anyway, all right, moving on to our main event. It was the Battle of the World Heavyweight Champions as Roman Reigns, the reigning Universal Champion, takes on Big E, the reigning WWE Champion. Uh, apparently, like I said, two people thought Big E might win, Marty Trinity's Road Wife and Mike Hawk. Um but everyone else knew this was a fait accompli. Roman Reigns was winning. Um, the match was good. I mean, they, they both looked strong in this match. Um, several good false finishes. And then at the end, The Rock runs out. And it was a great finish to the show. Oh, my God. The crowd popped so huge for The Rock. Yeah. Is what we should be talking about. Instead, <laughs> instead, just when things were starting to get good... Big E uh, comes back from three Superman punches, and I like the way they shot it. Like, the camera stayed tight on Roman that he didn't realize that Big E got up. And then we're back and forth, we're back and forth, and Big E, and, and then, mind you, Big E is stomping around. He's running the ropes, he's charging, 
He's he's beating up Roman on the outside. And then Roman hits a chop block, and all of a sudden, Michael Cole goes, Oh, that knee that's been giving him problems the whole match. And I'm like, what, like from 15 minutes ago? Are you serious? Hits the chop block, spear, done. Did that finish seem extremely sudden to you? They were running very late. Sure, but like... That I don't know that that was like wow that was that felt abrupt. Yeah, no, they were they were apparently running very late and concerned they were gonna get shut off early. So, um, the one thing I will credit them with here, um, Biggie kicked out of a spear, he kicked out of a super punch, Superman punch, and he escaped the guillotine. Now Roman Reigns got out of a big ending, but he had to put his foot on his ropes to do it. He didn't kick out of it. Yep. So they kept Biggie strong as much as they could while knowing he was going to lose the match. Yes. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, like I said, it was what it was. It was it was a great match, probably my second favorite match on the card, as expected. These two worked their asses off. Biggie showed that f- fuck all the noise. He is a legit main eventer and deserves to be at the top of the card. I think this was a big big moment for him, headlining a big four pay per view, and he went out there and killed it. Um, I just, you know, the booking failed him a little bit. So the weird thing is, is I thought the story they told to get here was really, really done well with Roman and, and Woods and what they did to Kofi. Um, I, I was worried a little bit after SmackDown because all of a sudden is Woods not a king anymore? Are we done there? You smashed all the stuff. But my bigger issue was you told this story. So at the very least, I thought Woods was going to come out during the match, right? Or the Usos, because the Usos have come out during Roman's matches before. Uh, we got none of that. I liked that we didn't get any of that, though. Sure, but then we, we also We complained didn't about get... too many fuck finishes, and now we're going to complain that we got a clean finish? I mean, but I then, can't really... But then we also didn't get Rock. <laughs> that was the bigger problem, yes. So that's the thing. The night ends, or, or he gets the pin, and they're playing the music, and I'm like, okay... Either Rock or Brock. One of them's coming out because they've been talking about Brock's suspension being over. So one of them's coming out to end the night. Nothing. You know, in recent history, The Rock's appeared on Impact more than the WWE? Yikes. (laughs) (laughs) Now, now, on the one hand... You did Ken Shamrock's induction for the Hall of Fame. On the one hand, it's always been said that the Rhodes WrestleMania doesn't really begin at the Royal Rumble. It actually begins at Survivor Series. You go back decades, there are things that led up or there were seeds that were planted at Survivor Series. So, you have been talking about it for two years now. We're in Dallas. You have to do Rock versus Roman. This would have been the perfect spot to start that feud. And by the way, earlier in the night, Vince made Roman come to his locker room to show him the egg that was given to him by The Rock and put over how valuable it is and blah, blah, blah. You know, your cousin The Rock gave me the same. Yeah. $100 $100 million. Yeah. So Sounds about they were, right. About, they were planting <laughs> seeds left and right. They were planting but, seeds, but if you don't have The Rock show up and he faces Drew McIntyre at WrestleMania, this was all for nothing. I don't, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I mean, it's long-term storytelling. If it's going to go all the way to L.A. and the next year's WrestleMania, then... Look, the problem is, and this is why I kind of doubted it when you said they were going to do Rock versus Roman. We have not seen Rock in the WWE in six years. They're going to do the match. It's just a matter of when at this point. I feel like they're going to do the match, 
if Rock's schedule allows it. And God knows when that will be. Yeah, well. All right. So as I mentioned, I, I already told you who correctly predicted that. So our final prediction tallies. We had with one correct, uh, one of Marty Gennetti's Roadwives. Uh, we had with two, uh, Mike Hawk and God's Juggalo. Uh, finishing tied for third with three, we had Lisa, David K, um, El Dico Loco, Adam, the Yete, myself, Sal, and Charlotte Square Cam, second coming. Uh, finishing with four in second place tied, uh, Jacob Bishop and Troy. And with a five out of six, almost a perfect score. In a second, where is it? Oh, I marked it down and it fucking disappeared on me. Uh, with a five out of six, the winner of Survivor Series predictions, Bruno Tomas, soon to be PhD. Congrats, Bruno. Ah, fuck Bruno. <laughs> That'll teach him for picking SmackDown teams. That's true. Picked one SmackDown team. That was his downfall. But uh, overall thoughts on Survivor Series before we move on? I just It's not hard to make a feud that requires you to get back up for the person you're fighting. I'd rather those be the five-on-five five matches. Yeah. You know? Even if it's a tag team like, like the, um, the Viking Raiders, like, you know. Fuck, Drew McIntyre was practically a, a fucking Viking anyway. Just fucking throw him with the Viking Raiders, put somebody else, and have them go against uh, Happy Corbin, Mad Cat Moss, and I don't know, another tag team. <laughs> At least that makes sense. At least we have heels fighting faces and there's a feud. All right. Yeah, this show sucks. Uh, they need to change it or make it go away because it's fucking pointless now. There's no stakes attached to it. Wins here mean nothing. These matches mean nothing. The fans know it means nothing. The reaction's not there. The anticipation's not there. And then to deliver another just savage beating for Raw to destroy SmackDown. It's just, it's not fun watching this shit anymore. Uh, hats off to the guys. They work their asses. The guys and girls, they work their asses off. They were just, like I said, all the time put in a bad spot by creative. Uh, Becky and Charlotte to me match of the night. I don't know how you felt. 100%. What was your match of the night? Match of the night, Becky and Charlotte. Okay. Um, with uh, but Roman I, but and, I was Roman and say, Biggie, quick behind them, yeah. Yeah, Roman and Biggie was was great. Um, probably third place to tag team match, but but everything else just was paint by numbers for me. Everything yeah. from the countout uh, eliminations to the DQs to the mid card belt. They didn't even fucking promote the mid card belt feud. No. Nope, they barely announced it on Raw, and then we just, that was it. Yeah, they, they didn't do much with the tag team match either, to be completely yeah. honest with you. Um, all right, so we mentioned it during the body of the Survivor Series discussion. I, I had thought we had discussed it on the show, apparently, and there's just so many of them at this point. But uh, WWE released eight more talents this past week, uh, headlined by former multiple-time champion John Morrison. Uh Tegan Knox, Drake Maverick, Shane Thorne, Jackson Ryder, Riker, and then the one that really shocked me, Isaiah Swerve Scott, Top Dollar, and Ashante the Adonis. They wiped out all of Hit Row two weeks into their run on SmackDown. Um, Sal, go ahead. 
Okay. I gotta take this in parts. And the first part has to be addressed, and that's Tegan Knox. This fucking girl, who I think is supremely talented, fought back from three torn ACLs, two of them which occurred in the WWE. And I just, dude, they never gave her anything. They never gave her character. They never gave her story. They never gave her a feud. She was teaming with Shotzi for maybe two weeks. They won three non-title matches against the women's tag team champions and never got a, a tag team championship. No, and then they were just in backstage segments. I don't... It it breaks my heart that Shotzi got released. I mean, that uh, Tegan got released. You're probably going to be right in a couple weeks anyway. So. Now, moving on from Tegan Knox. Jackson Riker, I'm not surprised. Shane Thorne, they tried. Not surprised. Um... Look, I don't know. I keep hearing multiple fucking stories about Top Dollar. But why? Why? If he was a fucking asshole backstage. I mean, you don't see talent in Swerve Scott? To me, that's where the money was. Top it, Dollar was a, it was a nice little fun character, but I always thought of Swerve as the leader of Hit Row. You know what, you know what the problem with Top Dollar is? What? He, didn't, he wasn't the wrestler. He was an NFL player. He, was, he came up through NFL, where they have a union, and they are taught and trained to know their worth and sign for as much money and protect their brand. And then he gets to the WWE, where he's expected to be subservient and become Vince's you know, puppet and do whatever they tell him to do. And that's not the type of person he is. He speaks up when he thinks something's fucked up. Um, when they released B-Fab a week after they brought her up to SmackDown, he apparently called the offices to complain and told them he thought it was fucked up that they did that. Which is one of the stories as to why he rubbed people the wrong way. And that is not... Vince does not like when the talent speaks up for themselves. We've seen this time and time again. You know, who was it that... Uh, um, Zelina Vega... No, Zelina Vega the first time through. She's talking about people need to unionize and blah, blah, blah. And she didn't want to give up her her OnlyFans, which, by the way, I think I saw an artist who's making like somewhere like thirteen to $15,000 a month on, on those and between that and Twitch. So easy. I wouldn't want to fucking give it up easy either. So um, um, Here's the problem. When you have a, a company like the WWE that will release you because you don't fit a certain look, then, yeah, making any type of noise backstage is an automatic, easy... And I'm not agreeing with it. I'm saying that's the way it's been. Right. As soon as you stop making noise, pff, he's going to cut you. This is not going to change until they find a way to unionize. It's really the only way until they have some sort of guaranteed contracts or collective bargaining or something along those lines. It's, it's the only way this is ever really going to change. And that's probably not going to happen. So, at least not while Vince is alive. Um... See, you know what's scary about a union with wrestlers, especially with the WWE, is when you start talking about unions, you start hearing things like lockout and strikes. Would the WWE survive an NHL type of strike? Where Um, they're just off air for like a year and a half. Now, the the plus side for them is that they have such such a vault of 
content. Sure. But they could put something on in their time slots if they well they worked out. See, that would be more of an issue for an AEW who doesn't have that wealth of stuff to call back. Oh yeah, I mean we're gonna get tons of fucking Stone Cold, Stone Cold, right. but like right. Um. To me, they left a lot of money on the table with Hit Row. Um, sure. I think that was the most... And I said it at the time when they sort of became a union, a unit, and I know Ginger didn't agree with me. That was the most current, real, relevant um, act that they have brought out in years. It Completely changed Swerve's career direction. Yeah. It was not Tony D'Angelo. It was a representation of a culture that has been largely ignored by WWE for a long time or misrepresented. Um, but I guess you saw what Vince McMahon thinks of that culture. And it didn't take very long to find that out. That's the thing. If you look at the life, the, the shelf life of other acts in the past few years, it feels like Hitro really got a raw deal. Like they really didn't even get a chance. It also feels like something you said a couple weeks ago. If you were a Triple H guy, you're not going to be with this company. Nope. They're getting rid of all of them. Who brought back Drake Maverick? Triple H. Which, okay, the Drake Maverick thing, I know there's a lot of people that are upset online. I don't know what else you were going to do with him. He was a comedy act. Yeah, no, and I, like I said, I think they missed the boat when they didn't put the Cruiserweight title on him and strike while the iron was hot. Sure. Um, but there are I, I, they've pretty much purged Triple H's vision of NXT at this point there's a handful of guys who they're probably just going to let their contract expire your Kyle O'Reilly's you know they'll try to keep Gargano and Ciampa around sort of be coaches and down there and you know maybe wrestle here or there the one that surprised me a little bit if, if I was if I was to be honest with you is the fact that LA Knight is still there because if he didn't get called up, he's the most main roster guy they have down there. Right. He didn't get called up at the last draft. They left him down there, and that said a lot to me. And then the fact that they purged all these people and he was not one of them surprised me a little bit. But you know what? Maybe it has to do with his contract structure. Maybe it works mm-hmm. better for this fiscal month than it, than other people's did, you know? Maybe. I think, that, honestly, though, you know, it's like everything else. And, and I wish all these guys the best going on and, and finding something that you know makes them happier um but it's it's like it's always said in the business like or in life i guess the cows will come home to roost and if you're vince mcmahon at a certain point you're gonna want to sign professional wrestlers again when when you realize like you have before that this i'm just gonna build people and mold professional wrestlers thing doesn't work because it really doesn't work that often occasionally you catch you know uh, lightning in a bottle with the rock who was a football player who you brought in and trained to be a wrestler but the rock again grew up came from business. a family of wrestling yes no i understand that um I'll, I'll give them this they've succeeded in 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 having sustainability with baron corbin Okay. He was a football player. He didn't come okay. from it. But you know what they've put Baron Corbin through that I'm, I'm telling you Top Dollar probably wouldn't have gone through when you think right. about Baron Corbin's career? Yeah. Oh, 
facts. So that's why he's there. He just does whatever Vince says. But they're going to reach a point where, and I I talked about this the last round of releases, where you have guys, you're going to reach a point where these guys who have options now, who can go to AEW, who can go to MLW, who can go to Impact, who can, I mean, Ring of Honor, hopefully will come back at some point, who can go to these other places, they're going to look at that and go, I'm not moving my entire family down there for the idea that I might get released in four months when you get sick of me. But that's the thing. The arrogance of Vince, he doesn't give a fuck. Well, when he stops having talent to work with, when new people don't want to sign for him anymore... He doesn't need anybody new. He has Drew McIntyre, he has he has Big E, he has the same people he had in 2012. Except, except those <laughs> ratings continue to decline... And eventually you need to renegotiate those TV deals. Granted, you're good for now, but eventually sure. you re- need to renegotiate those deals. You think Fox is going to re-up with WWE after this deal? Would you be shocked to hear that, if, if that um, SmackDown is being moved to a different network? Not at all. No. Not at because all. Because if I'm Fox, you're not delivering on your end. No. We signed you to big money because we thought we were going to get big ratings. You're not delivering. We could put something else in that time slot. We could pull two million with, you know, fucking American Gladiators or whatever the fuck you want to put in that spot. You know uh, what's the most telling thing about this whole situation? Um, and the arrogance of Vince McMahon. So he puts himself on TV for the egg, right? And for the tie-in with The Rock. And he says to um, uh, Sonya Deville and uh, Adam Pierce on Monday... You know, you better find my egg, because if you don't, you'll be let go, and you know what those two words mean. So are you actively mocking the fact that you just let go of people a week ago? Because you just said it on your TV show, in character. It's a horrible look, and the thing is, is he doesn't either doesn't recognize that it's a horrible look or doesn't give a shit. Doesn't give a shit is where it's... Probably some combination of both, but... Um, yeah, no, I, I think he's actively turning people in the business against him. And he's actively turning fans against him. I don't want to watch their product anymore. I don't enjoy myself. I watch it for the show. There are a handful of acts I do enjoy still watching. I, I enjoy seeing the people that I know, people who are my friends performing. But creatively, the show does nothing for me anymore. It's just the same tropes every other fucking week. And it will always, and it will continue to be that because, like we've said, they're making money hand over fist. The only way this changes, and it's sad, is if they don't make money. Is if Vince isn't in charge anymore. Yeah, but I don't even see that happening. The only way this changes is if they lose the Fox deal and they start seeing a significant hit to their uh, to their attendance. Uh-huh. To their to their numbers. Well, their attendance is already taking a hit. They're they're struggling to fill seats. So for Monday Night Raw, they had to uh, they had to automatically upgrade everybody in the top deck deck down closer to the ring. That's bad, man. Yeah, we haven't seen that shit since '95. Nope. And that's when he was struggling. Like yeah. he's not struggling. He's making so much fucking money now. Why would he change anything? I know why you should change something, but... Well, we also understand that at a certain point, if AEW continues to grow, and I hope they do, the the metrics haven't been great in terms of ratings growth, I get that, Um, but as long as... And I'll tell you what, and it was a small number, 
But there were AEW chants at that show. And you know that pisses Vince off. You know people talking about how they don't want to be in WWE. They'd rather go work for AEW. That's going to piss Vince off. You have to, the way you get Vince to change something is to hit him in his ego. And AEW is probably the only thing that's got an option to hit him in his ego right now. Speaking of which, there was a CM Punk chant during the women's five on five match. Yeah, fuck that. I know, but it's still, you know what? If you said it a long time ago, if you're putting on compelling TV, they're not chanting for CM Punk. I mean, that's true, but. And this is Survivor Series. It should be compelling. And it should be, and and I feel bad that the women have to deal with that, but at the same time, like, this is not, what was it, a couple of months ago we had, who, God, who was it? Charlotte Flair was working with, uh, oh, God damn it, who was, was it? Was it Rhea? Yes, and the fans were chanting something. They were chanting and, for Becky. Yeah, and she gave them all the finger. Yes. And that was warranted, because those two women were working their asses off, they had a good storyline, it was a title match, the match was on point. Like, this was a match where you clearly showed us there's no reason to give a shit about this match. Right. So the fans didn't. So I, I'm not going to blame the fans on that one. All right, moving off WWE for a little bit because I need a palate cleanser. But yeah. let's talk about some AEW. And sure. I watched – Let's. do you want to start at Dynamite or do you want to start at – I guess let's start at Dynamite. Let's start at Dynamite. We're coming off of Full Gear. This is the so uh, fallout from Full Gear, as they called it. So we opened Dynamite with Hangman Page's Cowboy Shit Day celebration. So right off the bat... Kind of. Huh? Kind of. Okay. Because we uh, had to have a little pre-tape first. Okay. Right off the bat, I really enjoyed the Dark Order being in the ring and John Silver doing the introduction for Adam Page. Sure. I really enjoyed the reaction Hangman got. I loved the jacket reveal and the Virginias for lovers thing. That was that was funny. Um, I enjoyed Hangman's promo. I I did too. Uh, and then Brian Danielson comes to the ring. Before Brian Danielson comes to the ring, what'd you think of the pre-tape with Kenny and the and and the Super Click? Because that happened was... before this. Yeah, I I thought it was another way for Kenny to for to sort of so put the focus on him. Eh, yeah, you know, I felt it, and he did the whole you know congratulations to Hangman. Yeah, but he still sort of shit on him a little bit in the way he did it, uh, and absolutely shit on Adam Cole, which you know we'll talk about Adam Cole in a minute. Um, but anyway, so. Daniel Bryan comes out, Brian Danielson comes out, and at this point, starts with the respect angle. And I'm like, okay, cool, I'm here for this. And then immediately transitions into a heel turn. Like a left turn heel turn. <laughs> now, I'll give you my thoughts on that in a moment, but the, uh, the one thing I will give credit to was Hangman Page with the line of the night, like, oh, yeah, no, 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 I did beat Kenny Omega, and as I recall, I beat him in less, less than, than 30, 30 minutes. minutes. That was, that was a great. savage line. Loved that. Um, but overall, what did you think about the decision to turn Brian Danielson heel for this program with Hangman Page? So I'm going to get a lot of heat for this, because I said last week, you know, I don't know what you do. I don't 
I think we all agreed having Brian in the spot as Hangman's first challenger was a mistake. It's I still think that. But I remember that Daniel Bryan was a really big part of Kofi Mania. Like, without Daniel Bryan playing his character the way he did, we don't get that reaction at Mania. Yeah, but Hangman's so I, already the most over guy in the company. Sure, but I know that Daniel Bryan can be a good heel. That doesn't mean he should be. But, but you don't need it. That's no, the point. No, you don't. You could have done face versus face. It would have been fine. Especially in this company. So, yeah, the heel turn came completely out of nowhere. And it's... it. Mm. To which, here, here's my concern. If I'm Adam Cole... I'm sitting here, and I'm looking at it, and I'm like, fuck, Kenny's going to be gone for a while. They need a new top heel. And their reaction is, we're going to take the guy we just signed, our big face, our big pop guy. We're going to turn him heel. And Adam Cole's going to be like, what the fuck, dude? I'm right here. Like, I carried a brand as a top heel, like, recently. See, now, you have a very set... In my in my mind, you're coming off as you have a set opinion that Adam Cole has a specific spot in this company. He's not going to break that ceiling. I don't see it like that until it plays out. Until I see Adam Cole do nothing for the next six or seven months, I am interested Adam Cole's now wrestling that Kenny, on dark. I understand time. that, but I am interested now that Kenny's gone to see if they do any development with Adam Cole's Since character. Since dark became what dark is now. How many times has Kenny Omega been on it? Twice, maybe. How about the Bucks? Oh, never. Cody? As Cody or as the Fuego's brother? Cody. <laughs> None. Jericho? No. Moxley did, I think, once. Moxley did a couple times. He was fighting so, 2.0 and stuff like that. So you're telling us, basically... <clears throat> For the most part, the guys who you consider too big for that show. Sure. Cole's been on it multiple times now. And he's been in the company for like a month and a half. You don't think the doors open, though, with Kenny gone, that they do push Cole to even... Here uh... was the spot! Okay, what, what, wait. What if he goes after Sammy Guevara? For a mid-card title? Right now, I wouldn't have an issue with it. Sammy and Cole would kill it in the ring. Sure they would, but again, you don't think that's sort of a less than? I don't I don't need Adam Cole versus Hangman right now. I can wait on that. I'm good to wait on that till next year at Double or Nothing if they want to do long-term storytelling. Do you think Kenny's not going to be back by Double or Nothing? No, because the, the way he's talking year? about his surgeries, he's going to be out of Nine here. Months. Nine months. Okay, so that takes us past Double or Nothing. Right around double or nothing. Well, okay, so then you're forcing him into a title picture in May? Yeah. We're in November. Yeah. That's going to take a lot of fucking rehab. Okay. I, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm not convinced. Here, here's the thing, Sal. Here's the thing, Sal. My issue is not that they didn't go right to Hangman Page and... Adam and Cole. Adam Cole. That's not my issue. That's that's not what I'm saying. And here's where you and I have disconnects, because a lot of the times you create an argument or a statement that I'm not actually saying. Okay. 
My issue is not for this match. My issue set is if we are going to begin the process of building our next top heel in the company, Adam Cole was not the guy they chose to start building as the top heel. They chose to turn Daniel Bryan. That's true. That's where I would be concerned if I'm Adam. <clears throat> Daniel Bryan already had the match at the pay-per-view. But this is where Adam Cole should begin to establish himself as the new leader of the, the Bullet Club. He should be ta- taking that mantle of Kenny Omega so that when Kenny comes back, you have that butting of heads. Especially where Kenny was an asshole to him during that pre-tape. Yeah, I, I really, and I, again, we have to see from now until when Kenny gets back what they do. But I was hoping for a Hunter after WrestleMania 14 situation. Where he's like, you dropped the ball, Kenny, and I'm going to be yeah. here to pick it up. I agree that with that. That would have been great. That would have been great. Even beyond that, if you want to talk about top heels and the, and the person who should get you know, a program with Hangman, there's a guy who's the number one heat getter in your company who is not in any title picture. I get it's a high-profile program to where he, he might be going, but... Why isn't MJF challenging for the world title? Or, if you're going to turn somebody, wouldn't the guy that MJF started a program with be a better option to turn heel than Daniel Bryan? Yeah, sure. 100%. That is true. I feel like this was an absolute panic reaction. From all reports, Daniel Bryan wasn't even supposed to win this fucking tournament and only won it because Moxley got hurt and Moxley was supposed to turn heel. And it's almost like they went, well, fuck it. Let's just have that. Let's have Bryan play that role. Uh, See, now that's what I said. Mox was going to turn heel, win the tournament and fight Hangman because they had already built a animosity towards each other. They were talking shit about each other. So No, and that makes sense. And they probably didn't think Miro was a big enough name to put in that. That program. Although I think for Hangman's first title program for Winter is Coming or something, that would have been fine. Miro would have been fine, sure. Yeah, I think that would have been a fine thing. And then you could go to Adam Cole because you wouldn't be pigeonholed into this Daniel Bryan program. Now, that being said, one thing Daniel Bryan said during this promo was, when I won the title at WrestleMania, and yeah. you would have thought that he shot someone's dog, because the whole crowd went... <gasps> He said WrestleMania. What if, and again, this is more credit to Daniel Bryan and and the work that he's capable of. What if Daniel Bryan's hero character is WWE is superior to AEW? Or like when I was with WWE, I was superior or whatever. I don't don't think Tony Khan will ever let him do it. Probably not. Yeah, you're probably, yeah, it's probably correct. It would be so much fun though. It'd be interesting. The problem is you're also so limited as to how much you can say with trademarks and copyrights and stuff. Sure. Um, it, it, it's a tough, tough thing. Unless, you know, you get a forbidden door situation. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I just, I, I, I didn't love the, it. The other thing with the heel turn is it didn't feel organic. It felt oh. incredibly forced. It felt, completely out of nowhere it was just like i didn't like anything about it i I think if you were gonna do it there was a better way to do it sure play play the respect line entirely go completely down the respect thing and then have him go a little too far against evil uno 
Yeah. Like, slowly build it up. And then he goes a little too far against Evil Uno, and Colt comes in and breaks it up. And now next week he's going to face Colt, and he goes just a little bit too far, a little bit further with Colt. And then it's like, like, build it up. Do something. Like, don't just jump both feet in. Like, he went full penny, full anal, no lube, out of nowhere. Boom, I'm a heel. So... During the promo, I didn't get that immediately, that he went so far over the line. I thought he, he took a couple shots verbally. But when he called out Uno, or when he had the match with Uno, and then he called out Colt, that's when I thought, like, okay, we're full-blown now. We're not even tweening. We're just pedal to the metal. And that, yeah, I agree with that. That's a mistake. They could have. They could have absolutely told this story over a month. Of him slowly turning. But yeah, you're right. They just completely was like, here he is, boom, heel. <laughs> and by the way, and this may be an unpopular opinion, and I love Brian Danielson. Left to his, his own devices like he is in AEW, is he coming across as boring? To you, I don't see that. I think a little bit. He's on that line. Like, I'm really good wrestler guy only gets you so far. Because there's a lot of them. There's nothing that doesn't distinguish you. His last heel turn, he wasn't just, I'm really good wrestler guy who's heel. He went over the tops, environmentalist, and it was it was fucking great. He did an amazing job with it. So that's but, the thing. Even though they pulled the trigger too quickly, they have opportunity to make this work. But we'll see what they allow him to do. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I'd like to see more personality out of Daniel Bryan than AEW has shown me. So and hey, far. this heel turn might do it. Maybe. We'll see. But I still think it was rushed and unnecessary. Sure. Uh, um, other than that, it was a fairly uneventful. Uh, episode of Dynamite. We had uh, Jay Lethal debuted and lost in his debut match, so he's completely ruined, is what the internet has told me in the past. I, I enjoyed Lethal's match with Guevara. Oh, I did too, but he lost his debut match, so it's over for him. That's true. That's true. Well, that only is, that's only for carrying Cross. Um, so Tomohiro Ishii, you may know this better than I do, is he past his prime? Because he looks like an old fat fuck now. Again, this is where... <laughs> oh, and by the way, guys, Butcher tore his bicep, so there's that. This is where guys who are strictly over for strong style can struggle in this transition. Tomohiro Ishii is super over because he just beats the ever-loving shit out of people. Doesn't necessarily translate as well. I don't, I don't get that whole thing, because the king of strong style became one of the most popular people in new Japan because of his rock star gimmick, because of his over the top theatrics. Yeah. It wasn't just cause he need people in the face. That shit gets boring. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Butcher. By the way, okay. by the way, one, one thing I did mean to mean to mention and it popped in my head when you talked about that. We couldn't get AJ Styles on a Survivor Series team. No, he had to. He had to eat pizza. Yeah, that's. By the way, I'm not catching pizza thrown to me and eating it. 
Yeah, no. That's no, not a thing. Is... Also, apparently, Corey Graves can't afford his own pizza. Apparently or Byron not. Saxton, was it? Byron Saxton, that's what it was, sorry. But, I don't know. Anyway, um, yeah, I I had no interest in this match, and I like... New Japan, I like Tomohiro Ishii. I just this this match, Butcher and Blade just do nothing for me. Too, well, you won't have to worry about that anymore. <laughs> well, I mean, well, Butcher just got back too, right? So yeah, he's out. He's yeah. out. He's he tore yeah. his bicep. So no, I know, I know, but but they'll still have uh, Blade with no. Yeah, Blade was still on TV the whole time he was gone. Anyway, like who do these guys have naked pictures of Tony Khan because they have been. Talk about outkicking your coverage in terms of your usage. Like, look at the guys who can't get a whiff of TV time, and Butcher and Blade are on all the time. It's fucking insane. Um, oh, a couple quick things uh, for people who raised their stock after full gear and then watched it fall off a cliff. Uh, Eddie Kingston, great program with CM Punk. Now he's fighting Daniel Garcia. And 2.0. Probably on Rampage. Or was it on Rampage? I didn't even... No, it wasn't on Rampage this past Friday. No. No. But we're getting there. Probably. Uh, speaking of people who have fallen off a cliff as far as stock goes, uh, we had a backstage interview with Andrade and FTR. And uh, Andrade talked about Cody the whole time. And now we have an eight-man? Six-man did nothing for me, so I guess the eight-man probably won't either. I, oh, man. Yeah, Booker of the Year needs to step it up. These storylines are whack. <laughs> and played out. And they're just not, they're not hitting. Dare I say, is, is AEW going to the can-they-coexist storyline? Oh, <laughs> I mean, they did that at full gear, pretty much. So, yeah. uh, all right. I had a couple quick notes from Rampage uh, as well. Oh, nothing um, on Nyla Rose versus Sheeta for the nineteenth time. No, no, because it, it's it, they, look. Sheeta gets the best matches out of Nyla Rose of anybody I've seen so far. Sure. Um, but this whole. Everybody who got a buy is going to move to the final. Like, it's just boring. Like this whole tournament for every for all the shit that we talked about the Queen's Cup tournament and or Queen's Crown tournament and absolutely rightfully so that tournament sucked. Um, this tournament hasn't been much better. No, like and it's too it's too. Spread I'm out. sorry, Jade fucking Cargill should not be in this spot. I don't care how good her fucking arms look. I don't Dude, care how many abs win. she has. She's gonna she win. Sucks. She sucks in the ring. She sucks as a promo. She Smart Mark Sterling, like, they've cut her down to saying that bitch. That's pretty much all she says now, and she still sucks at it. It's not even believable. You know what? You want to be that bitch? That bitch sucks. You know Omos cuts better programs than Jade? Even though they have about the same ring skill, he still cuts better promos. Um... Okay, R- couple quick hits. I liked Leo Rush and Dante Mon versus um, the Acclaimed. I thought that was a good match. I enjoyed yeah. it. Yeah, so we're going to elevate Dante Martin by sticking him in a tag team with Leo Rush. Also, he's sought after by Team Taz. 
because that makes any sense whatsoever. Okay, listen. So you were a big proponent of Team Taz being put together. Oh, no, no, no. I was a big proponent of Taz. Is there any group other than the Hardy family office that's done less in AEW than Team Taz has that's less important? I mean, there's a lot of less important team, uh, factions in AEW. Like, you have the best friends kicking around. Oh, I'd say the best friends are far more important than Team Taz. Now? Even with Trent being out for the past Absolutely. Months? They're on TV all the time. They just hooked up with Rocky Romero and Chaos. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, they're, on, they're all uh, the time. No, no. Team Taz is completely useless. And it's a shame because I see talent there. And, and Hobbs you know, is talented. Problem. Starks here's is talented. Pro- you, you, know, you know who else brings Team Taz down? Hook. Taz. Oh, Taz. His shtick on commentary is awful. It's terrible now. When it's shtick. And I used to like Taz on commentary when he was on SmackDown. He's one of my favorites. I thought he was going to be the next you know, big announcer. He is fucking terrible, especially when you put him next to, like, Ricky Starks. Right. Because they spend the entire show just trying to pop each other. And Jericho, same thing. It's, it's, it's unlistenable. It really is. It's awful. Um... Is that everything you had from Dynamite? Uh, other than they're trying, I mean, if the, if Kyle O'Reilly signs, then they're totally doing the undisputed era again in in AEW. It'll be undisputed era versus Elite, and fucking, we don't have the trademark for war games. Oh, what? last thing from uh from Dynamite, what do you think of of the MJF in ring promo and then Punk coming up? <sighs> promo was good. Um. I just feel like AEW does too many of these. I cut a promo. You walk out and interrupt my promo. Now we're feuding. Um, sure, except for Punk didn't actually say anything. <laughs> right, but no, but now they're feuding. He walked out, so now they're feuding. Right, right. Yeah, you there's got to be a better way to get to a fight. <laughs> there is. Eddie Kingston CM Punk did it. Yep. You know, I. it's just... They have the formula. They just... Again... And I've said this, like, I like their in-ring product better right now. Sure. I think they put more thought into continuity. Their creative is probably a little bit better than WWE right now. But With some tell, things. But, <laughs> yes, but don't tell me that they're that much different than WWE, because they follow the same fucking tropes WWE does. 100%. So, anyway... um, all right, so a couple things I had from uh, Rampage before we wrap this bitch up. Um, we talked last week about protected moves. Yep. We had a big conversation about how many moves. And at one point during that conversation, when we talked about AEW not protecting moves, well, they've protected the coffin drop. Yes. Immediately after you said that on Tuesday, on Friday, Billy Gunn kicked out at one off a coffin drop. You know why? Cause fuck me, I guess. <laughs> I uh, and fuck Billy Gunn. Are you kidding me, Billy fucking Gunn? You know, for all the shit, for all the shit I just gave WWE about Jeff Hardy being in that spot. Uh uh-uh. uh. At least that's somewhat warranted. At least he's over with the fans. Okay. Billy Gunn, are you fucking? You might as well throw fucking um, uh, what's his name? Uh, the other horseman there, not Arn, Tully. Tully. You might as well throw Tully Blanchard there. Same fucking age, right? <laughs> are you kidding me, dude? Billy Gunn versus 
<sighs> I'm assuming did Darby actually end up winning? I didn't even watch yes. it. Yes. Okay. Yay! A win over fucking Billy Gunn. He hit, he hit a second coffin drop as it went after after Billy Gunn kicked out at one on the first one. <sighs> Fuck Billy Gunn. Okay. Uh, speaking of Billy Gunn, I'm going to continue this. Um, because after Sting completely sold, no sold a table spot for 2.0, uh, he was knocked out cold by a couple punches from Billy Gunn. Are you sure? Or did he just fall asleep? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <sighs> wait. Are you saying? Are you saying? That Sting picks and chooses who he sells for. I'm saying creatively they took a big old steaming shit on 2.0. Like, it was bad when he no-sold the table spot. I think I shit on it appropriately at that point when that happened. Sure. Um, But to then contrast it with a couple punches from Billy Gunn knocks him out. And it's not 2.0. The table spot there is just sort of the the latest and greatest example. Sting's been no-selling a lot of shit. He did the, um... So he sold the power bombs he got from Wardlow. Cage. Oh, sorry. Cage. Oh, Cage, the, yes. Uh, Brian yeah, Cage, Cage and then Wardlow. That's fine. Yeah. But yeah, there's been a bunch of spots in different matches um, that he just... I think FTR at one point. Didn't they hit him with a double-team move and he just got right up? Probably. <sighs> It's bad, man. It's bad. Didn't Sean Spears hit him with a chair and he popped right up or something? Oh, he no-sold it. He didn't even pop yeah. up. He just looked That's at cool. Spears like he was a piece of shit. <sighs> yeah. <sighs> All right, and the last thing I had from uh, from Rampage is we finally did it, Sal. We made the match that the world has been waiting for. Oh, I, I thought you were going to say Red Velvet hit a fucking standing moonsault. No, no. Well, that was newsworthy, too. Um, no, we, we made the match the world has been waiting to see. What's that? CM Punk versus QT Marshall. No. Yeah, yeah, it's on Dynamite. This week. It's on, so, 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 on Dynamite? Yep. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know why? Because Dynamite's in Chicago. Again. Great. There's ten other people I can think of off the top of my head that can have a match with CM Punk instead of QT Marshall. It, so here's my biggest problem. And this is actually pretty much ties into most of the topics in AEW. My bigger pro- one of the biggest problems I think AEW has is that they put people in spots they don't deserve to be in or they shouldn't be in. There is no real pecking order in AEW, which is great if you're a, a mid card, lower card guy. Hey, I could fucking show up at the building and I'm working CM Punk or I'm working Daniel Bryan. Except to the viewer, that's fucking okay, great, sure. I'm gonna See, go take a piss. That's the thing. On the one hand. You know, you told me how great Danny, Daniel Garcia was. And I agree with you after watching him. He's really good. And having a match against somebody like Punk, that can only be good for you, right? Yeah. But what did they do with him after? Right. 
But what's worse? That's than- the thing. It's like if you want to take these guys and put them in matches with with guys who are way above their level, as a way to elevate them, great. You know when they did that well with Darby and, and Jericho. Sure. When Darby first showed up, and a lot a lot of people knew who he was, and they put him right in the ring with Jericho, and instantly his profile got raised. And then they put him right in the ring with Cody. Now the problem was he lost all those matches, and that set him back a little bit. But at least it elevated his profile. And even when Ricky Starks came in, his first match was Cody, and I thought it went it went great that first night. But what did they do with him after? Exactly. That's the thing. It's like you can do all these matches and make these people look great. If you don't do anything to follow up on it, then they they're... followed up on Darby. Right. And Darby is over. They followed up on MJF, and MJF is over. They followed up on Jungle Boy, and Jungle Boy is over. Sure. When That's you don't fine. follow if, up. If you're going to put these guys in the ring with the guys who uh, who are way above them, they can lose. That's fine. But if you're going to do something with them, you got to follow it up. They didn't do that with 2.0. They didn't do it with Daniel Garcia. They didn't do it with Sean Spears after Cody beat him. I mean, the list goes on and on of guys in AEW that they've put in those spots that they've just basically done nothing with. Well, Lee Johnson. Worse. Remember when Lee Johnson had that big first win? <laughs> nothing. Yeah. Uh, remember when Lee Johnson was able to cut a promo and they actually like fully accepted him into the Nightmare family? That was a huge deal that they signed Lee Moriarty. Yeah. So, remember when Tony Nese was the hottest free agent? Oh, please. Um, all that said, right, I enjoy seeing uh, Powerhouse Hobbs in a match against Punk. I enjoy seeing Daniel Garcia in a match against Punk. I am not kidding you. I have nothing for any reason why QT Marshall is getting a match against Punk. I got nothing. Because he's friends with Cody. No, 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 no. As far as, like, is there anything I could find in that match that would be entertaining to me? No. (laughs) There is nothing about QT Marshall that suggests that he should get any type of TNT TV time. Nothing. And I've watched enough of him on TNT. It's just not there. Move on. And he's he's been in programs with the Diamond Dallas Page... Fucking Cody. Big Show, Cody, now CM Punk. Like Scorpio Sky barely gets on TV. Dude, I got. No, I, I have been accused of doing mental gymnastics, like some of the stands, to explain why AEW does th- things the way they do them. And I have nothing for this. This is absolute trash. Yeah. Yeah. Hell, I'd rather have Punk fight Billy Gunn. He'd <laughs> <sighs> kick out after one GTS. Um, all right. I mean, I he's a. It. I mean, that could be a fun program. He's a. Tri- he, he's a former Triple H guy. You know, they uh-huh. could play up that. No, instead we get cute. I'm dynamite. Oh, I'm so mad. You got a natural reaction out of me. <laughs> Remember when Ruby Soho was a thing? She's still a thing. She's still they in the tournament, isn't she? They, they put her in there with Britt Baker, and then they didn't follow up with her. No, but she's got a match with Statlander, right? She's had a random match. She's probably going to lose, or she, she ain't going to win that title. That'd be cool if she did. It would be, but she won't. <sighs> what if she beats So here, here's the problem. Here's the problem. 
for anyone other than Jade to win that title, Jade has to have her first loss in this tournament. What if Ruby beats Jade in the finals? Well, that's that's a lot of gemstones there. But um, <laughs> I, I mean, I was gonna... until Ruby gets eliminated, I can't I can't pass judgment on it yet. Now that being said, she's probably gonna lose to Stylander in like two minutes. But still, we'll see. We'll see. Um, anyway, a couple quick things from Raw, I guess. Uh, we have new women's tag team champions as Rhea Ripley and Nikki Ash lost those belts to Carmella and Zelina Vega. Oh, you know the uh, long-standing amazing tag team of Carmella and Zelina Vega. Yeah. So uh, enjoy. Oh my god. Would it shock you if Nikki Ash is in the next group of releases? No. Not even a little bit. Oh my god, dope. We didn't appreciate the subtlety though. The Princess of Staten Island and the Queen of the Ring. She's not the Princess of Staten Island anymore. Well, they should go back to them. She's <laughs> the most beautiful woman in all of WWE. Then what's Selena? Uh-huh. So the tag team is the Queen and the most beautiful woman in all of WWE? That's that's cumbersome. You can't put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> the, be- the beauty queens. Ew. There you go. You're probably right. <laughs> there it is. Ah. There it is. Uh, hey, if Ross- this makes Rhea singles, I'm happy. Yeah, I guess. Uh, Matt Riddle decided to full-on cosplay as Randy Orton. That was fun. Fake mustache included. Fake goatee, too. Oh my god, he had um He had Randy Orton's trunks. He had his trunks. And he had his his ankle tape black. He had his ankle tape black so it looked like boots. That was yeah. the key to me. I was like, <laughs> oh my fucking god. Oh god, it was fantastic. Oh um, uh we fight so uh Vince McMahon threatened Sami Zayn and Sami Zayn said he would produce the guy who stole the egg. And the guy who stole the egg was obviously, like, Brock Lesnar, right? No, it was uh, Austin Theory, which is going to lead to a program where Vince fires Austin Theory for stealing the egg, right? No. No, Austin, no, no, no. Vince is going to actually fire Austin Theory in a couple weeks. No, Austin Theory is a gem. Stop that. There's money in Austin Theory. There's no way you can fire him. Um, well, I mean, there is a way you can fire him, but hopefully he doesn't. No, but Austin Theory's getting awarded with a world title shot for stealing the egg. Yeah. Oh, by the way, he stole it so he could take a selfie with it. By the way, can I just point out something that I hadn't thought of before? What? Um, remember when Stephanie McMahon made a big deal about how they're going to really create, like, a build around characters who are LGBTQ? <laughs> and then very quickly release Jake Atlas and release Tegan Knox. <laughs> just occurred to me um that's anyway. that's a great pull because i forgot that she said that yeah yeah that's a thing that happened uh let's see what else oh yes dana brooke captured the 24 7 championship and uh my give a fuck level for the 24 7 championship continues to be zero. Oh, i thought you were gonna say it continues to go down no, no, in I, order it, for it to go down possible. there has to be some level of give a fuck there and there just never has been Right. Um, 
and and the dumbest part of the whole thing is that after Dana Brooke wins it, they had all the guys play dumb, like, I don't know, I don't touch a woman. Women have held this title and been rolled up before to lose this title. Unborn children have held this title. This is true. And they've all been, they've all lost it, so I don't fucking know what the big fucking deal is, but whatever. Uh, what else? Anything else? Uh, they did nothing to build Liv to, to fight. You know, Becky looked great. Becky came off great in her promo and all that so, stuff. So here's the thing. Becky did amazing work. Sure. And the reason Becky did amazing work, and I've said this before on this show, and I'll say it again, a good promo builds your opponent up. Sure. And Becky went through great pains to highlight things that Liv Morgan has done well while continuing to sort of make it sound like she was undercutting her, but she was reminding you that she was so close to winning money in the bank. And she reminded you that she won against six other women to get this title shot or whatever it was. Like, that's such a, such an underrated part of cutting a promo because too many of these people, they just shit all over their opponent. And it's like, okay, well, if this guy's such a fucking scrub, why, why should I be impressed when you beat him? Why do I care if you beat him? Exactly. Um, so I thought, I thought Becky did a great, great job. No, I thought Becky did great. I just, I needed to see Liv come out there. And and Matt, not match Becky because I know that she can't on the mic, but give me some type of visual where Liv looks like she can be a serious contender. Because right now been, this feels which very... would have been that spot at Survivor Series yes. that we discussed. Yeah, no, that's true. Uh, Damian Priest did his open challenge. He beats uh, he beats Sami Zayn again. <laughs> and nothing crazy there. Uh, you know what's fucking crazy? Because it just it just occurred to me watching him on my on my television the past two nights. Vince McMahon still gets a reaction. What he says still gets a reaction. And you could utilize that if he's going to be on the show. Utilize that with either Seth or Owens or Biggie or something where it means something. I have no problem with them getting a million dollars to do the promotion for Red Notice. But who fuck cares if Austin Theory took a selfie with the egg? Or Sami Zayn is the one who, like, ratted him out about it. Like, fuck, that's nothing. What a waste of Vince McMahon appearing on television. And then Biggie just beats Austin Theory. Now the match was okay, and it was, was a good okay. little... There's a good little exposure to Austin Derry in a, in a top spot, but it's not going to last. Um, because really it was just about Owens, Owens and, and Seth. Yeah. Owens and Seth. And now here's the other thing. When you talked about earlier that you thought they did a good job building the story with, with Kofi and, and Woods going into Survivor Series, my problem at that point was that the build to Survivor Series for Big E had nothing to do with what was going on on SmackDown. Oh, not at all. <laughs> it, was, it was all Kevin Owens, and it was all. So exactly. it's hard to say if Biggie never shows any emotional investment in what's going on over there, then that's not really built. Well, I mean, he he cut that promo, though, on Roman before Survivor Series, last week's Raw, where he was like, you know, you took it to a level we never coming back from. Like, I enjoyed that. I thought that was good. Anyway, it was a very small piece. Yes, that's fine. That is it was the fine. absolute minimum they could do. Sure. 
Um, which is sort of their motto, WWE. We do the absolute minimum we can do. Oh my god, that's the perfect motto for them. They should put it on a t-shirt. It's just like the the fucking logo, and then it's, we do the minimum. <laughs> yeah, that's about, way, what, that's about what Raw was this week. It was minimum effort. By the way, you know how much, over the years, I've mocked them for doing the Raw and SmackDown t-shirts during Survivor Series? Yeah. It actually would have helped me a lot this year because I'm watching it because the draft was like two weeks ago and some of these guys were just I'm like which fucking show is that guy on when they're in the ring? What? What are you talking yeah. about? They all had gear matching their show. No, they didn't. Happy Corbin did not. Well, no, not him. Sheamus did not. Jeff Hardy did not. Jeff Hardy's face was blue. Jeff Hardy's face is always blue. <laughs> it was blue when he was on fucking Rod. Um. The women did. The women, the women did. The women went through great yes. lengths. They all had red on Raw, and they all had blue on SmackDown. Um, on Raw, for the men, though, like, Seth was wearing red and black. Theory was wearing red and black. Lashley was... Lashley. Lashley was wearing red, actually. He was. Okay. But, like, Drew, nothing. Yeah. Sheamus, nothing. Hardy, nothing. Who else was on that team? <laughs> Cesaro? No. Yeah, I think no. Cesaro. No, Cesaro was in the battle royal because yeah. I remember he did a spot where he hit a flying form. I think onto Mansoor, sent him flying. Uh, who else was on the Survivor Series team this year? Wow. The men's the men's matchup was uh, Rollins Balor. Balor wore red. Balor wore red. Yep. They uh, did a Owens. they did a nice spot where they did a twins uh, a stereo. Yeah. So it looks like Team Raw went. Went for it, but Team SmackDown, not so much. Yeah. McIntyre, Hardy, Woods, Corbin, and uh, Sheamus. Okay. So, yeah, not really much blue there. No. no. The match blue. Ha! <laughs> nice. Um, I've been, I've made this no secret. I've really enjoyed what they did, what they've done with Roman Reigns for the past 400 and something days, right? Yep. But at the Rumble, are we looking at Reigns versus Brock again? Probably. Yeah. So it feels like we're just kind of going through the motion storyline wise until we get to Mania with Roman. Because he's not losing that belt before Mania. No. And even when he does get to Mania, if he does face The Rock, he's not losing the belt to The Rock. He's probably facing Roman, uh, not Roman, um, Brock at WrestleMania this year. Really? Yep. And then he'll face Roman, and then he'll face The Rock next year in L.A., because The Rock's got the Hollywood connections. And it'll be that. So Roman's going to run this table for about two years. I mean, yeah, I can't. It's not going to work for two years. <laughs> no, it's not, but they're going to do it. <sighs> rough. It's rough. All right, any other thoughts from this week? That is it for my stuff. Yeah, man, I got nothing. <laughs> uh, so I guess... That is it for you, and that is it for me. I guess that's going to wind it up. Thank you to everybody who participated in our Survivor Series predictions. Thank you to everybody who stuck through it. Hopefully, we'll uh, we'll get some of the other guys back in the next couple weeks. 
But uh, thank you, Sal. Appreciate you coming on. Thank you for having me, buddy. All right. Well, I guess that means we will run your ass down next time. Peace out, bitches. Bye. Mealtime inspiration. It's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You have been listening to a Rundown Wrestling Network production. Please visit rundownwrestling.com for all of our shows, as well as our other special events. Keep it locked there, or subscribe to the Rundown Wrestling Network on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcast, Stitcher Premium, or anywhere you get your podcast from. Leave us a voice message that we will play on an episode by going to anchor.fm slash rundownwrestling slash message. Join our Patreon at patreon.com slash rundownwrestling. You can show us how much you love us by buying us a cup of coffee for just one buck at ko-fi.com slash rundownwrestling. Go to reddit.com slash r slash rundownwrestling. Follow us on Twitter at Rundown Network. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash rundownwrestling. Email the show your dick pics and twat shots via rundownwrestling at gmail.com or go to Instagram or YouTube and look for Rundown Wrestling. Follow us on Twitch by going to twitch.tv slash rundownwrestling, and you can also follow our host Adam on twitch.tv slash thesaleser effect. This has been a Rundown Wrestling Network production. <laughs>